full disclosure, listeners, I had not actually listened to the entirety of the previous episode <laughs> before beginning this one. Oops. This is partially my fault. This is mostly my fault, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that fool you, though, listener. Uh, I still do have some follow-up. It's that uh, next week or next episode, I may have some backed-up follow-up from the episode prior in addition to this episode's follow-up. Oh, yeah, almost certainly, because last episode was all all chucked full of crap. Blatant lies the whole way through. Mm -hmm. It's only one piece of follow-up. But uh, I, I looked up the names of the various aesthetics that were that came up over the course of the previous episode. <laughs> good, good. Uh, the kind of aesthetic associated with mist, as well as natural science textbook covers, is utopian scholastic. <laughs> uh, utopian scholastic. That's excellent. I love that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best fit I could find for the, the Cine world in the Odyssey in Belfast is Neon Brutalism or uh, alternatively Mall Deco but Mall Deco is a bit more well, they deco, yeah, I was going to say they would have something Deco in there and Cineworld mm -hmm. certainly fucking doesn't no but, it, uh, it's something a little bit in between those two what was that first one again? Uh, neon Brutalism Neon Brutalism I love that. That's I mean, what an excellent pair of words. Yeah, that I mean, that's pretty close. It's 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 pretty harsh. It's very cement. I uh, I guess I, I guess the neon part allows for the gloss on the floor. Mm -hmm, yes, exactly. I'll be sending you the Twitter thread that contains all of these new and exciting aesthetics, modern aesthetics, and uh, you can include them in the show notes. Oh, excellent, excellent. And yeah, um, uh, Chad, my girlfriend, my girlfriend, Chad, I'm just trying to own it. I'm just trying to get past it. Uh -huh. She she introduced me very early on when we started going out to uh, Dark Academia and and the like. She also had saved somewhere this uh, website uh, full of just the, the, the new cores. Uh, mm -hmm, as she was trying mm -hmm. to explain uh, aesthetics to me, she worked in design for a little while, or, uh, so that that made me aware of all of this. But uh, I, you know, I, I hadn't really got down to. It. I, I had found that I liked something like neon, uh, like some sort of weeb neon core in, in in my life, sort of pink and orange sunset Japanese vistas mm -hmm. uh, it, that anime is so fond of. If you think of an afternoon scene from the anime film your name like kind of something like that but with a little tiny bit more tech in it that's kind of it's kind of the shit i i like would i live in it probably not but that's where my worst instincts took me to <laughs> listeners i i have looked it up and uh dark academia can be succinctly described as hogwarts with occasional bits of a series of unfortunate events yeah that's that's pretty much it there's a lot of green and a lot of black lots of dark wood and books my uh you know without knowing it my my uh my grand goldsmith his his study was 100% dark academia he uh he had this little tucked away study um <laughs> full of dark dark uh, uh what was the kind of wood uh walnut wood bookcase mm. uh he had marble throughout but like only in little splashes and the rest of it was was all green uh, and 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 sort of darkly warm colors. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. But now that I realize that that also 
became in my head the, the, the color and sight and smell of a place that I, I could never live in. I, uh, I had uh, dreams of making my, my study this aesthetic, even if I didn't know it by that name at the time. Sure. Unfortunately, w- once I had actually built the room, I find that I wouldn't be able to fit any of the bookshelves up here because it's, a, it's an attic space. It's like oh, triangular. Yeah. You would you would have to custom. You know, this is what I, I'll never say this again in my life, Lawrence. I promise mm-hmm. you. I will relish this then. This is why you should be on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I, they I, tell you. They what? show you how I, to make the uh, fit in wardrobes by hand. Mm-hmm. Well, not not only is the the room not tall enough for the bookshelves, my builder has strategically placed something on most walls that prevents me from putting them there. There's a fire escape on one wall. There's a radiator <laughs> placed right in the middle of the other wall. The boiler is in the corner in a nook that would have probably carried a bookshelf. So I, I had to, I've had to settle for art deco. Disgusting. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> do, you, do you know what that is, Lee? That's new money. That's nouveau riche yeah, yeah, art deco. Yeah. You can smell the poserism. Anyway, I've got I got a bunch of follow-up, uh, and, and I was wise enough to actually take notes this time as I was editing, so I got a leg up this time. I won't have double follow-up for next week, but uh, I'm sure you'll find some of my foibles as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, can you believe it? I fucked up follow-up from last oh, week. really? At the end of my segment, correcting myself about Kingdom Hearts not point. Oh my god, I'm going to forget it now. It's, I haven't written down this part. Not point two, birth by sleep, a fragmentary passage. Mm-hmm. I, I, I corrected myself on that. And then started to talk about Kingdom Hearts 2.8 as an interlude to Kingdom Hearts 3. The number was fucking 2.9 because of course it was. Mm-hmm. I kept oh, saying 2.8. Just, I don't know what it is about 8. That was the problem last time. It was not point eight. What is it? What is this point eight thing coming from? This is, this is funny for two reasons. One, because you had successfully gaslit me by saying this to such an extent that I was envisioning the title for that game with, <laughs> with, like, with like the correct... Like, one of them's a Roman numeral, and then there's the Arabic number afterwards. And I would go, yeah, I remember that. And I was yeah, visualizing yeah. it perfectly, and yeah, I was yeah. visualizing <laughs> it with the eight. And I was like, yep, yeah, checks out. Yeah, I, I Mandela affected you with uh, exactly <laughs> fake Kingdom Hearts knowledge. That's excellent. It's funny for that reason. And it's funny because I'm pretty sure right after you chastised yourself for getting it wrong, I then said to you, it's okay. I'm pretty sure even the most ardent of Kingdom Hearts fans might struggle to notice some of these details and get them wrong. And you went, yeah, it's okay. They wouldn't notice. No, I said, no, they wouldn't notice. They wouldn't notice those details. And here we are, one episode later, correcting yourself again <laughs> over these details, presumably because you were listening to the recording and noticed. Uh, also, maybe because I'm an ardent Kingdom Hearts fan, if such a thing mm. is going around. It's, it, you know, it's in my, it's in my work bio. That might not be true forever, but you know, in work we get our little our, our little byline profile thing. We do this actually for Google. Google likes us to be attached to certain games and genres, uh, and and gotta li- juice that SEO. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of every article, me saying I like Sonic or Kingdom Hearts, and then if I write an article about either of those things, and some things that are flagrantly not as true, like Marvel Spider Man is in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a completely strategic choice of which to boost the SEO of anything Spider-Man or Insomniac related. I have noticed a couple of times in articles that are otherwise completely unrelated to trophies, you have found a way to include the word strategically peppered in there a few times. Uh, Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm not even the 
and not even the guy for that you know like i uh you've got a guy that punches them up for you that have the word trophies in them yeah, more yeah you know like I, I you know obviously i'll catch myself now and then and think oh yeah you know what i, I can cram trophies in there but like uh my the two the two other guys on my team much much better at uh at maximizing them SEOs because we know that true trophies it, it, it all it all points up with the word trophies for us obviously mm-hmm. uh, so and I I just I just really bad at arbitrarily throwing in words uh, and usually somebody has to be like you could throw a trophy thing in there and I'm like yeah I guess you're right <laughs> what do you think the collective nine is for Kingdom Hearts fans you know there's Beetle Maniacs. Hmm. For the for the Beatles, there's a you know what? Why do I feel the like Tim's it's for Hello Internet? Why do I feel like it's the Heartless? Lee, I don't think I've ever handed you in like an open platter such like an opportunity, and for you to drop the ball quite so soon. <laughs> the moment you said maybe it's the Heartless, my brain immediately went, Nobody's. "Come on, Lee, it's the nobody." <laughs> of course, <laughs> even I, as I was saying it, was thinking that. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two bits of follow-up. We jinxed it uh, when we talked about games that had yet to come out with the pretext of it being 2022 that these games would come out. Mm-hmm. Two games in the space of time between this episode and the last have been delayed. Season has been delayed, which is one of the ones I was definitely looking forward to for this year. So fucking, I don't know what 2023 looks like. It sucks. Yeah, you know, I was looking forward to season. Uh, also, Midnight Suns, Marvel's Midnight Suns got delayed. Oh no, whatever, whatever shall we do in the meantime? <laughs> Didn't you say something to me? I, no, I was joking about Bayonetta being delayed, and you said they they could never delay that after announcing the release date so close. I went, well, if you say so. Yeah, I think I think that's true for Bayonetta because they've went well above and beyond not telling anybody anything until just now and when it's within earshot of the release date. I think that's insane if they have done it under no pressure whatsoever. They've buckled and then fucked themselves. It doesn't make any sense. But uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns, I think it's already been delayed before, maybe once or twice. Uh, and now thrice, potentially. Anyway, good. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's all I have to say about the delay stuff. Okay. Typical. Uh, right, what else I got? Oh, yeah, this is this is just interesting facts. Did you know in Yakuza Like a Dragon, I was interested, I was curious, I went down a rabbit hole, because mm-hmm. you started talking about Mark Hamill doing the original voice of Goro Majima. Yes, And I was like, right. I, I bet you they don't get fucking Mark Hamill back. He's busy. He's a busy guy. Especially these days. Yeah, I don't think they've budgeted for Mark Hamill. So I was wondering, who did they get in? And uh, they got Matt Mercer to do Goro Majima, which makes a, lot of, makes a lot of sense. I could see him doing a pretty good job of that. Uh, but then I went down a rabbit hole. Who the fuck else was in there? You know, And... Uh, Fuck me, there's some fucking names. Uh, and these are just the ones I wanted to bring up just because I could think of who they were. But, uh, you know, there were, there were ones. There was a guy, I went down a massive rabbit hole trying to find who he was. Uh, his name is Ray Chase. Uh, he, that name sounds familiar. It sounds more familiar than you'll probably find roles of. I, I, I searched everywhere for that guy. Uh, and he's been in things, but not in, not in a lot of roles that I would say, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. And then I found him. Uh, just yesterday when I looked through my audiobook collection and he was the guy who did the audiobook for Jason Schreier's video game expose ah. pieces. I've just noticed that uh, his role is, some of his roles are relevant to something I'll be taking up, looking up later on, or I'll be <laughs> talking about later on. Oh, great. So this will be fun. No wonder he sounded familiar. <laughs> he sounded 
almost immediately familiar. Uh, but yeah, also in there, uh, David Hayter plays a bartender. George Takai, Fred Tatskiori. I don't know how to say that guy's name, but he's in everything. You know, man, like, it really makes a solid case to play the dub when it comes time to play Like a Dragon. People have been saying, like, there have been, you know what? A lot of people, you know, influencers, uh, content creators I like, who like Yakuza, have been yeah. playing the dub. And I'm I'm pretty sure for more than a few of them, at least one of them has admitted it to, uh, they're playing the dub purely because they have listeners who like to listen to their Let's Plays yeah. in a different tab. Yeah, and yeah. Whilst they do other things, and that's obviously difficult to do when everyone's speaking Japanese. But uh, the dub for that game is, by all accounts, excellent. And I've had a lot of diehard people who would normally swear by subs go, no, you should do look at the dub. You yeah. should play the dub. After our episode, I revisited uh, Yakuza 1 just to sort of hear the... Yeah, like, I just wanted to see what it was like when Kazuma Kiryu's voice, it, like his Japanese voice, what it sounded like, a little comparison to the voice I had in my head of the, uh, the American guy. And, uh, yeah, fuck me, man. Like, he, he's just so much gruffer in Japanese. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe that. You know, I remember it kind of being whiplash when I started playing Kiwami after I lost my file for the first Yakuza. Uh, because I was like, oh, you know what? I, when I played through these scenes, I just didn't picture uh, Kazuma Kiryu being so mean or like so angry and like reserved all the time you know he just seemed like a guy who kind of just had his head screwed on and uh, was kind of matter of fact about life but this guy's like he's angry <laughs> he's very angry at things <laughs> and a part of that was that the over time the uh, I noticed that the the model for Kazuma is is, is completely different He's kind oh, of yeah, more eye- angry eyebrows. Yeah, he's his, got like Kirby angry eyebrows. His, yeah, he's got a permanent scowl in in uh, later games, but in the first two games, he's kind of got a gentleness to his expression. There is like a softness to his eyes or something. So he's he, like he's he does have the mean eyebrow thing, but it's not like so pronounced as to define his face. No, uh, in Yakuza One, I did notice he only really has three facial expressions, and that's dissonant serenity uh mild surprise and i've just been betrayed those yeah, are the yeah. only free emotions that kazuma kiryu and yakuza one really seems to express yeah it's the, it's the moments of like he loses in serenity he's no longer being serene he's just kind of being like angrily contemplative sort mm-hmm. of i don't know it's it's it's, it's not important but like, you know I, I would like to to like revisit this stuff with the sort of more playful dub a little bit uh, but yeah, you know, it's it, 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 this this works well if you're the kind of person like you who might you know get the trophies in in Yakuza, because if you do like a dragon, you'll probably end up having to do it twice or something. And then it's probably got I, 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 from what I know of those games, it's it might take me a while. Yeah, there's a lot in them, especially yeah. in the later ones. Um, also, finally, uh, it's it's Team Asobi, not Asobi Team. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, so yeah, I always get the, this, the, I always the, get this mixed those... up. Those wacky Japanese always swapping them around. Yeah, because it's Studio Japan. or No, it's Japan Studio. And it's Team Asobi. They're the reverse of each other. Like the, the noun of what they are is in different places. I mean, uh, I'm still constantly... I think localization has really messed this up for me. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't even tell you if Kazuya or Kiryu is his first name and the <laughs> other one is his family name. I can't tell. Because every time I feel like I've got it right, like uh, whenever I feel like, oh, this is the family name goes first and then 
the before <laughs> name goes second. I, I like watch a localization. Like it differs between localizations. Some localizations will keep the Japanese way of doing it, and some localizations will keep the Japanese name, but will swap it around so that's easier for Westerners yeah, to understand. Yeah. And I'm constantly getting them confused. What I found absolutely the worst was when I went from playing Danganronpa, the game in which people the the, the localization used their first names because I don't know why. It's I, I take it they took the localization as to not worry about them being in Japan too much and just let them talk like they would if they were friends in America or something. Eat your hamburger, Apollo. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't go that far, but yeah. it was. It's also a very Japanese game. It's just, you know, it localized correctly, I think. In the anime adaptation, they just do the exact opposite. So after a whole uh. a whole game of thinking of this character's name is Makoto, the anime call everybody... Even the people closest to him call him Nayagi. It's maddening. You, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you're you've made a. I don't. I don't want to overstate or understate your commitment to this, but you have made some inroads towards learning the lingo, the actual yeah. language. So I, you, I, I'm apparently got... booked in to go to Japan next year, so I've got to get this shit down. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh-huh. Uh, are you doing the the kanji? Are you learning the kanji? Yeah, bit by bit. I mean. There is like a thousand of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, from what I understand, you only need to know like 50 kanji and the rest are like for literature professors. Yeah. And nobody uses them. Well, unless they've got names. Names differ. No, I suppose that's true. But there, yeah, there's names like a, are old. There are there are 50 widely used kanji, I believe, something like that. And uh, they, they it, the government initially had pushed a, a sort of stripping back of the language at some point. For, I believe their excuse was like they called it like housewives Japanese or something like that. Oh, yeah, man, that's the kind of statement you don't want to be wrong about. Uh, what year did they do this? This is around the Second World War, if I recall. Lee is entirely wrong about all of this. Do not take any of this as fact. He really couldn't be more wrong here. That's why I, the vector men Scottish robot, Victor Man had to step in to salvage this flaming train wreck of a history lesson. Expect an apology for this to be front and center of the next episode. Anyway, Senora, Domen Nosoi. I was going to say, was this immediately after being occupied by a bunch of Americans who need just go, we need, you need to simplify this shit down, we can't keep up. Couldn't tell you, couldn't tell you that much. The book I read that was teaching me Japanese it was like a tidbit of info that I've now half learned much like I've half learned most of the Japanese in that book <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah yeah anyway yes I know some kanji uh, I know a lot I can I can read phonetically hiragana and katakana uh, and if you put you know like usually if you play games and stuff like that they they have even if you read menus and stuff they'll have kanji but they'll put the little hiragana over the top of it so you can phonetically work out what you're looking at yeah yeah, that's that's pretty neat so you don't actually have to really learn all the kanji just the good ones how did we get here japanese you were talking about localization yakuza voice actors follow-up okay i got it (laughs) tracing this back good Okay, uh, I've got two things for my weeks. Okay. What about you? I've got two that splinters into sort of four, which splinters a little again into 
practically seven. <laughs> I see. Uh, I, I I think I shall go first. Then. Yeah, that sounds good. I watched Arcane. Arcane, the League of Legends show. Yes. Yes. I've I did. heard ridiculously good things about it. I've not watched it, it myself. It is only by virtue of the deluvian amount yeah. of praise that uh, <laughs> this show has been getting that uh, I've I've even deigned to watch it. Yeah, of course. Like the entire time. I'm like I've been sitting back, head back, tilted to the left, going, uh, stroking my chin, going, "This is really good." Still not gonna play League of Legends. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. Gonna happen. <laughs> what do you want to go like, uh, full lore and then all of a sudden no lore at all? Then yeah, do that. Uh huh. It's a. Uh, it just won like three Emmys at least. My God. And uh, yeah, and uh, much to my annoyance, they've earned all of them. <laughs> like uh, my, it's my, really that good. Yeah, if if yes, it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. My I I've haven't quite been able to really get a handle on what my feelings are for this show. Sure. Because you know, obviously there's the whole Riot Games been very naughty. They're owned by Tencent, also very naughty. <laughs> uh, you know, no ethical consumption under capitalism that angle, but it's also just I don't like League of Legends has become like so like laughably known for its sheer toxicity and people who play it aren't happy they're miserable they're just angry all the time nobody enjoys it and then you have this show which is that comes out and everyone's like all right here we go what's it like and then oh no oh no it's genuinely fantastic it's like the animation is fantastic the aesthetic is fantastic the writing is fantastic the the action sequences are excellent Mm. the uh the world building also excellent like i was watching it with the intention of like writing some notes down for this show and like the first thing that i had wrote down and this was after five episodes of it was yeah it's uh <laughs> they're right it's excellent <laughs> uh, uh i got nothing i got nothing it's just good i've got this literally written down in front of me yeah i got nothing it's good it's really good <laughs> they've they, they've really put in the work to flesh out these characters who as far as i was aware were just 2d caricatures of characters in the actual game itself mm. jinx in particular uh jinx is the blue haired one you probably know jinx at least yeah 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 i know i know what she looks like mm-hmm. well if you knew if you know what she looks like then you knew just about as much as i did going <laughs> in i was really prepared to dislike jinx in particular because when you look at her and you hear a couple of like her voice lines during gameplay, you think to yourself, oh boy, it's one of these. It's a Hot Topic Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Mental illness is an aesthetic. Lol, to <laughs> randoms. Uh, I'm so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's aggressive, but she does have a soft side. Uh-huh. Well, they do. They had an uphill battle for me going in. Yeah. But no, they, they've genuinely, they have very, very carefully constructed this character in such a way where uh no you actually you don't despise her every time she opens her mouth in fact i don't think i've ever hated her at any point which surprised me i was so prepared Mm. to hate her but then i didn't also it helps that they gave her more modest clothing because boy i don't know what it is about the the hot topic harley quinn type character and just like put them in a bikini because they're crazy Mm. but uh no they give her they gave not only did they give her more modest covert, they gave her a better character design than she has in the game wow. itself. 
Yeah, there's just something very reductive, like chafingly reductive about that character trope that mm-hmm. uh, you're like, not only is no one actually like this, but anybody who pretends to be like this is completely insufferable. Any Oh, absolutely. If you meet anyone with this personality type, I cannot get out of there fucking they, fast they, enough. They, yeah, because they don't actually own that personality type. They fabricated it. They fabricated it because, I don't know, they saw a genuine cartoon character and decided they wanted to be that person. Yes, I, I feel like uh, I've been... Perhaps I'm too hard on Harley Quinn because uh, like that character split up in the two distinct eras. One is when she's with the Joker and after she like goes solo. Before when she's with the Joker, it's all like, a, oh, it's like an abusive relationship, but blah, 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 that sort of thing, which yeah. is fine. I like that if it's done tastefully. But after, I feel like every characterization I've seen of her after she goes solo all like inevitably goes towards this character archetype which I just hate (laughs) although admittedly I have not seen Birds of Prey or the new Suicide Squad nor have I watched the Harley Quinn show which I've been told is very good so maybe I've simply not been yeah you've watched sampling the correct Suicide Squad uh, which is not which she, I don't think I don't think anyone came out of that movie looking good. So maybe yeah, I'm yeah. just not giving her a chance. Yeah, she's not she's not great in in the Arkham games either. Uh, mm-hmm. She is she is pretty good. She's, she's kind of annoyingly good in Birds of Prey. She's great in Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad. I, what I've, in, uh, the only the, literally only thing I've seen of this cartoon show, the Harley Quinn cartoon show, is the is that's the character they used in the cinematic trailer to sell the game Multiverses. Uh, I see. I see. And I, one hundred percent, my favorite line in the whole thing is hers, and that she, <laughs> she looks to Taz, the Tasmanian Devil. I'm gonna call you Slobbers because you look like your name's Slobbers. As a, uh, as I understand it, the Harley Quinn show is mostly her and Poison Ivy just bumming around doing gay crimes and having slice <laughs> of life. Seems pretty uh, good. Quibbles. Which, you know what? That's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see that. So maybe I will watch that. I'll give her a chance. Anyway, they've done, they've they've taken an opposite angle with Jinx, which is more like, how did she get to this point? Like, it's all a, a prequel to the game, the to League of Legends, the game itself. And I got like one episode in and I it started doing things I wasn't expecting where it's like multiple viewpoints of character from different backgrounds in the same city. Is this, wait a minute. Class conflict as a central theme. What's going on here? Wealth inequality? This is a holistic drama? What? And there's like like gay characters as well. And like they're all well designed. And anim- like some of the fight scenes in this are like genuinely like incredible. Hmm. I don't think I've ever had a more begrudging uh, admiration for something than I have since I guess maybe The Last of Us. <laughs> or like The Last... The last of us was because it felt like homework. I was like, right, time to play this uh, cultural touchstone of the last decade. Uh, I guess it's pretty good. And with this, it's more like, all right, uh, it's literally so good that I cannot ignore it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still not going to play League of Legends. And then, oh, no, it's excellent. Shit. Oh, uh, what am I going to do now? How am I going to talk about this on the podcast now? I literally can't. I'm like, I... I this is just stream of consciousness. I got nothing. If you had given it a year, you could have uh, could have played the standalone single player RPG of League of Legends world, or uh, the the fighting game that's coming out at that, some that's point. That's true. And is Valorant in the same world as League of Legends? I have no idea what Valorant actually is. It's so. it's 
it's, it's like CSGO, it's CSGO, right? CSGO, it's almost exactly. It's CSGO, except, you, yeah, it's a hero hero shooter CSGO version, far closer to CSGO than Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you have a character in the first episode who's, like, an obvious, like, Bond villain. Mm. And you're like, uh, okay, well, I guess here's the antagonist for um for the show. And then in the very next episode, like, it's from his point of view. And you're like, oh, he's like a revolutionary? Okay, all right, I'm on board. And then the, he has... A, He's all about trying to spark a class conflict because the upper classes of the city don't care about anyone and people are dying. And it's like, oh, okay, fine, fine. All right. Ah, oh, shit. I'm invested. <laughs> oh, well, that, that, that sounds pretty good. Yes, it is good. <laughs> I would love to say it wasn't. It's uh, it's also only nine episodes long. It's only one season out so far. And uh, I finished the last episode about an hour ago when I because I forgot we were recording this episode tonight I was like oh boy I need to finish this mm-hmm. so it's, it sticks the landing it it sticks the landing it, ha- it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger which I'm not too keen on but uh I don't know the the sheer production value that went into this I kind of got the impression when they made that cliffhanger it wasn't with the intent of trying to goad the audience into demanding a second season. They knew they were going to get a second season. <laughs> there was no way when they made this, they thought to themselves, yeah, you know what? It's kind of risky. I, do- I think this is going to be it. They're getting a second season. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Wow, I can't believe League of Legends is winning Emmys. I know. That's, that's I know. pretty galling news, man. That's, you should have saved that for the end. <laughs> I have a it's the wind I have, out of my sails. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I I have what is a very self centered approach to evaluating the quality of script writing. Sure. Which is uh, if I if I'm watching a conversation between two characters, and I think to my and somebody says something, and there's a pause before the other per- character uh, speaks, and I say I think to myself, don't say that, don't don't say yeah. the thing that I'm immediately thinking of. And they say that it's no good. It's no good. I hate it. It's, it's hackneyed. It's cliche, tropey. Oh, oh, get it out. Get it out of here. Uh, oh. But uh, if they say, if I think to myself, no, it would be much better if they said this, and then they say that. That's that's even better. And it, if I at any point go, it'd be much better if they say this, and they say something that isn't either of those things, but is better. Then woo, woo. Now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. stuff right there. And you know what? At no point did I go, please don't say this, and they said that. So by my incredibly specific, borderline narcissistic approach to screenwriting, it's a it's a ten out of ten. That's it succeeded. That's exceptional. That is the hardest fucking thing to, that I, I don't think any media I've watched in a long time has passed that test. Of just going, don't do this, yeah. and then they don't do it, and you're like, ah, yeah, I do. I I'm play the same game too, that. and you're like, okay, there's the beat, and now they're gonna turn around and say the thing. Uh, uh, this this is tropey screenwriting 101. Go for it, and and they almost never surprise me. Sometimes they surprise me by going much worse than I thought. Like uh, like like old, where they won't just say the thing you're expecting; they'll say like the thing oh. that like you couldn't have expected because it's so terribly bad, so so poorly oh, written. Old, old, as in the beach that makes you old. Yeah, Sorry, but, but the way the, the way the cadence on that conversation, you're like, oh, like in the old. Oh, right, and there's a pause. Sorry. I thought I was like, what is he? The old what? <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> no, the Abnight Shyamalan film, old. That's uh, that goes a whole other layer. 
that actually won me back around because I wasn't expecting this. I didn't expect it to be this terribly written. <laughs> I feel like uh, every conversation, every time someone talks about old, you should just like mentally add to the beginning of that title in brackets, the beach that makes you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the only way people are going to like, realize right away that that's what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Well, uh, th- that uh, that disjointed stream of consciousness tirade about Arcane was about the best that I could really have to say about it, other than to sigh and go, uh, yeah, yeah, you should go see it. <laughs> I, uh, I probably wouldn't get a subscription to watch it, but if you have one already, then you may as well. Mm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been so enthusiastic about such high quality a product, but there you go. Uh, okay, so, oh yes, the other thing I did during my week, uh, I played Nier, finally. The, uh, original. Nier Replicant. Nier, Re- oh, the, the remake. Uh, specifically, Nier Replicant version 1.22474487139, etc. I can't believe you knew that off the top of your head. I know, I have such a great memory, Lee. <laughs> uh... Wow, so I, I I was under the impression you were going to do the, 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 the flat original first, the PS3 original. Yes. I did. I do recall describing it as a brainworms Ouroboros. Yeah. <laughs> because Yoko Taro being the person that he is, you could never trust that the remake of the original might not have some kind of Final Fantasy VII remastered cyclical bullshit going on. But uh, for sure. fortunately for me, that is not the case. I did check. I did check because I really didn't want to be bamboozled. And uh, aside from a bonus extra mission, which is self-contained within the world itself, it's got nothing to do with Automata, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, and Aside uh, from also not playing as the original Western version of the main character, right? Yes, I was going. I'll talk about that in just a moment. There's also like a there's an automata couple of bonus weapons, and I think there there might be some kind of post credit scene where Two B shows up. I don't know that, but I suspect there will be, if only because the credits have Kira Buckland open brackets question mark question mark question mark close brackets, <laughs> and I don't know who Two B's voice actor is. But when I look at that, I think to myself, hmm, I wonder what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look it up because the, the key is in the ambiguity. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Uh, if you're listening to this listener, which by definition you must be, uh, <laughs> then and you know that, then sorry to have spoiled that for you, but there we go. Uh, it's probably not going to be much. It's going to be a post credit sequence where Tubi says something. Yeah, it could, it could be anything. At this point, yeah, yeah. you neither confirm nor deny. You may only speculate, as I'm sure plenty of people have already... I think more people would hope that happens than fear spoilers of that happening. Yeah, I I strongly suspect she's going to walk into the scene, turn to the camera, and say something that basically amounts to buy the sequel and then leave. (laughs) She's going to say, like, the Nick Fury, we're assembling an initiative, go see the sequel. That's going to be the extent of it. So... The two versions of this game and the way that I joined the franchise is kind of funky. Mm. I watched a Let's Play of Near Gestalt, which is the Western version, which is where the, the protagonist is 
uh, a middle-aged man. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> as opposed to this version of the game, Near Replicant, where you play as a, a teenage boy. The same character, by the way. They're the same character, except in one of them, he's an old man. And in the other, he's a young ma- he's a young man. The Western version, it was a long enough time ago that whilst I remember the broad strokes, some of the finer points I had forgotten. So I was very pleased well, with it's that. It's just like you said last week about the, 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 the self... Self-gaslighting defense mechanism, yeah, yeah, that's 100%. right. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> that helped out, but also what helped out is the fact that... Um, if I hadn't have watched that Let's Play and been spoiled, I would have had no interest in buying the game to begin with, so it's a trade-off. Uh, that's kind of a, a thing with spoilers that I've sort of had to come to terms with, which is that sometimes, in order to be sufficiently intrigued, in order to buy into a story, you might need to be spoiled just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Or entirely, yeah, in the it, course of this example. It's, <laughs> it, in, in some examples, like, you know, I think of classic literature and everybody knows the story, but it's actually... What's always fascinating or interesting about reading old stories that you've had diluted via the social osmosis of television and other media is that it's and how it's told and how the story unfolds in its original form is far more fascinating and in, you know and, and far more absorbing than any secondhand version of that can ever convince you of. Also, it works out in video games a lot. Like I, I talked about how it was footage of friend of the show Andy Clark playing Anne Orlando in Dark Souls that got me interested mm-hmm. in playing through the rest of Dark Souls. You know, so I think there's 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 a balance. If you're finding it tough to to pull yourself in, pretend I'm throwing this entire thing aside. What would make me play it if I got far enough to see it? Are you asking me to spoil this game slightly for you? I, yeah, I guess I guess I could go for a slight spoiler because yeah, I, I, I don't well, I, like. I have, I, the, I, I have the premise of the thing generally, and I have a good incentive because I know Near Automata looks pretty good. But so I'm, I'm glad that you've taken that attitude because it would be utterly impossible for me to discuss <laughs> any aspect of this game's plot without spoiling something. Sure, uh, that's this a is perhaps then. the most spoilable game I've ever played <laughs> since Return of the Oberdin, and that's only because. The Return of the Oberdin, the plot is literally the puzzle that you need to solve in order to beat the game. So spoilable is this game that the attract mode cinematic that plays when you linger on the main menu for too long. Chock full of spoilers. Holy shit, skip that immediately. The the trophy list for the game. Oh, they've spoiled out all the really big ones, but some of the trophies just spoiled twists that happen later in the game. (laughs) Huge spoilers. The fucking box art has a spoiler on it. Even if you might not realize that that's what it is when you're looking at it right away. It's, you can't avoid them. It's crazy. I kind of I kind of love it. Because uh, there's no, okay, so there's a few big twists, but the story is deceptively straightforward. It's just that every once in a while, there'd be like a moment, like there's like moments interspecied throughout the game. Interspersed would be the word, not interspecies. That's it. <laughs> unusual phrase to use in this context interspersed they're interspersed like distributed amongst the game at even points there's like big moments where you go oh wow that was interesting i'm i'm glad i didn't get spoiled by that yeah but like from the very beginning all the way to the very end so there's no like completely safe time that that you can talk there's no like there's no chronological event in this game where it's entirely safe so i'm just gonna give you the basic premise Mm -hmm. And try the work from there. And try to talk about structure 
and things like that, rather than talking about the plot itself. Okay, so here's the premise. It's set in the post, post-apocalypse. Okay. So the post-apocalypse is The Last of Us, where everyone's just sort of scrounging around in the dirt, you know, shooting each other over resources, trying to rebuild, trying to reestablish things. Uh, the post-post-apocalypse is where society has largely reasserted itself. You know, there's people growing crops. There are people living who don't remember the apocalypse. So it's, like it's, the it's exact Horizon Zero Dawn is a later example. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would be the post-post-apocalypse, uh, and it's a very pleasant post-post-apocalypse. I mean, the the blurb of the game des- uh, describes it as a dying world, but I don't think that's quite accurate. It does seem to be doing quite well, <laughs> generally speaking. You know, people have like they like have trading routes and they eat seafood. They have pets and things like that. Like it seems like, by all accounts, if it weren't for all the evidence of like decaying modern infrastructure uh-huh. peppered around the world, you would think it was just like set in, you know, your typical JRPG pseudo Renaissance era. Sure, sure. So somewhere just far enough back that they could use swords mm-hmm. and not get questioned the, uh, about it. The uh, it, it the game looks gorgeous. Like it, I I was looking at the the original. Apparently, had some criticisms for not looking very good. I assume that's a visual fidelity thing because the aesthetic is lovely. Mm-hmm. I think people were thinking at the time, big budget JRPGs must always look as glossy as a Final Fantasy, and so the, the PS3 was a weird growing period time for uh, for for critics and pundits. In which they were starting to learn that they might need to develop taste at some point. Yeah, there there was a period of GM's journalism in like the PS3, the Xbox 360 area where people were just like inexplicably xenophobic about yeah Japanese games. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the like the iconic Phil Fish thing. That was like the the cresting moment where things had to change. Like a, I think DMC Devil May Cry was perhaps the zenith of that. Sure, yeah. We're like. Where it was like, it just became so, like, what are you doing, yeah, who guys? Who is this like, actually for? <laughs> like, the, the, they were just pretending that DMC was shit yeah. and that the new reboot was superior product in every single way. And whenever this people would go, what are you talking Dante. about? Are you high? <laughs> like, they would get really defensive and, like, puffed up. It's like, oh, oh. Anyway, <laughs> I suppose this came out roughly around that era, so that might be why... It uh, it got some guff. Yeah, for sure. But uh, no, I the aesthetic is striking. The, the game is very pretty. The 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 landscapes are really nice. All it's got like that kind of uh, it's not quite this, but you can tell there's some inspiration from. Did you ever watch Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind? No, the Ghibli film. That is one of the ones I haven't seen yet. That's uh that that's another post post apocalypse where like destroyed skyscrapers sort of form the landscape and like uh people just sort of speculate about what things were for like uh one of the dungeons is called the lost shrine yeah and it's just like a skyscraper that was destroyed and has taken on like sort of religious status they they really get down a uh, destroyed modern infrastructure looking kind of having like this sense of gravitas sure uh-huh because you're looking at it from the perspective of people who don't know what it what it is or what purpose it served, that sort of thing. Anyway, also the soundtrack is spectacular. Like it's wow, it's it's really yeah. good. Like, uh, and it ha- it's filled with like little details as well. Like there's a there's a person who sings in the main village, and uh, the main village theme is pretty good. 
But whenever you're in the vicinity of the person who sings, uh, Devola is her name, the vocals kick in. Like, they slowly fade in as you get closer to her and, like, fade out as you get further away from cool. her. And it gives it this this whole other layer. No, the, the, the soundtrack is incredible. You could, like, listen to... I'm, I think it's gotten to the point where Classic FM have this list of, like, video game soundtracks that they begrudgingly pray, play as a concession. Oh, they made, to it, they made it to the proms, man. Yeah, and uh, Song of the Ancients, which is from the soundtrack to Nier, made it in. Wow. And if you listen to it, you'll you'll see why. It's excellent. Uh, I'm going to... Mm, would it be unreasonable of me or inappropriate for me to ask you to include a little sound sample here no, of Song no, of the Ancients? absolutely not. Uh, oh, yes, uh, the soundtrack to this slaps. It is Bussin. There you go. That's, uh, that's as the youth oh, say. Oh, this is... The- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. I've not heard that one, so well done. That that might be something an actual youth might say. The moment mm-hmm. I've heard it, it's already too late. Exactly. I have, by virtue of saying it out loud, made it obsolete. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Destroy all language. That's my goal. Exactly. It's uh, it's it, it's become as gods, destroy all language. It's set in anyway. It's set in the post post apocalypse. Uh, you play as a character who goes unnamed and who Yoko Taro has went on record to say is not called Near, but fuck that guy. His name is Near. <laughs> Everyone calls him Near. The word near doesn't mean anything else in the context of the game, nor to the best of my knowledge in real life. So everyone just calls him near. Uh, near has a younger family member, depending on the version of the game that you're playing. If you're an old man, it's your daughter. If you're the young man, it's your younger sister. Uh, her name is Yona. She's coming down with this strange magical disease called the Black Scroll. And uh, you have to... Well, you start off finding this talking spellbook called Grimoire Vice. <laughs> And this acts as your main party member who allows you to cast spells. And the quest is go around looking for lost pages from Grimoire Vice that he's lost over time because he's amnesiac. And then uh, maybe you'll find a spell that can help you cure your uh, sister. Interesting. It's Shadow of the Colossus by way of book. Yes. I would say there's some thematic overlap with Shadow of the Colossus, mm. but it plays it very, very differently. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, the, the, there's no Dorman or equivalent or anything like that. And there's no Colossus equivalent or anything what like the, that. What but was, there that is was some like a weird trend of that, like somewhere in like a five-year ballpark of Japanese games all having a sort of older brother and/or paternal character taking care of a diseased, dying girl. So I actually wanted to talk about that because this is an inch. We were talking about localization earlier, and this is an interesting little uh, tidbit. As I understand it, Yoko Taro didn't want to do the old man version of the game. He just wanted it to have to be the older brother. Yeah. But the executives at, I think, Square Enix, it may have been Square Enix, like, intervened and went, no, the, the, the Western audience doesn't play well to Oni-chan. That's weird to them. <laughs> Yet, make it a gruff old man who's like a dad. The Western audiences relate to that more. And Yoko Taro's like, all right, all right, uh... I'll tell you what, I'll make a separate version of the game entirely so that this decision that you foist upon me costs as much money as I could possibly yeah, make yeah. it. 
Because it, that's models, just how Yoko Taro New dialogue. Rose. And hey, hey, you know what? Entirely new voice acting from the ground up from multiple characters because they have to refer to him in different ways. <laughs> uh, I'm actually glad they did this because uh, first, having the two versions is more interesting. Yeah. And also because I, whilst I, I am enjoying the, the young man version of the game, uh, the Let's Play I watched was of the old man version, and I do think I prefer the old man. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, typical the Westerner. Dyna- I know, Swear I know. Swear Enix I, were you know, completely I, I, right about you. <laughs> you know, as much as I'd hate to adhere to a stereotype or whatever, I, 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 I do prefer the old man. I feel like the dynamic is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the character... like. The way that the characters speak, like the lines and dialogue are mostly the same. There's some differences, uh-huh. but it's largely the same. And this makes Papa Near, which is what people call <laughs> Papa Near and Brother Near. Uh, Papa like Near. Papa Near, be- be- because the script is written in such a way they accommodate both, uh-huh. there's this weird sort of disconnect where Brother Near speaks in a way that's a little bit too authoritative okay. and kind of bossy considering the relative ages of him and the characters around him where I go, I don't know where you get off behaving like that young man. You can't boss these people around. But on the other hand, Papa Nier behaves in a way that's a little bit too excitable for a man of his yeah, yeah. age. Like, uh, he's hanging out He's hanging out with characters that are like 20 and I think a little bit younger than that as well. Like your party members, like Kanye who's like the the female sidekick is like 20 years old ish and like the other character you hang out with is i think like superficially younger than even that but he still treats them like peers and kind of, he's like kind of excitable with I them which this. so this visual in my head so much of like just slotting out your average final fantasy lead with the crumpled man archetype and having them like, get on with it like nothing's changed is fucking hilarious. i know it makes it makes him seem a lot more likable and yeah, endearing. I know that's like, wow, this guy's really loose for an old man. It's I know he's, he's. I don't really see that. The, <laughs> I know it's refreshing. In fact, it's funny that you should say that because Yoko. This is a half-remembered anecdote, and it might not even be true. But as Yoko Taro did this very neat characterization trick, where he described, he gave descriptions of the characters to the character artist. Mm-hmm. And the character artist designed these characters based around these descriptions of these characters' personalities and their backstories and things like that. And then Yogotaro went great. And then he just gave them personalities and backstories that were completely contrary to what he <laughs> described to the character artist. Like that Genius. what he told the character artist was just a lie. It was just a straight up lie. Yeah, to get better, more unique designs out of him. <laughs> Yeah, or like to like inc- it, inc- incongruent designs that you wouldn't expect for characters of that of that position. Yeah, he really went above and beyond to like subvert some of the the tropes of JRPGs, <laughs> which I, I appreciate. That's one of the things I like about this, and the characters in this game I really like. Uh-huh. I like them a lot. I like all of your party members, like uh, Grimoire Vice. Like the the voice acting is fantastic. Grimoire Vice in particular, he's kind of like this grumpy like cynic who is sort of being dragged along on all these adventures on sufferance because he's tied to Nier, yeah. who was the guy who found him. And you cast spells through Vice and things like that. And, uh, you know, Vice loudly complains about, like, 
narratives about like jrpg tropes about the amount of fetch quests you have to do in this game <laughs> and uh why is it that you have to do so much running around and like oh thank god there's a fast travel system though he doesn't literally say that but yeah, you can yeah, tell yeah, that's yeah, what he's conveying you know they did a, a modern equivalent of that with mimir in god of war who is the talking scottish accented head on kratos's belt for half the game and uh, it's a great touch, honestly. It really livens up the journey. I probably talked about it a little when I talked about abandoning that game. Uh, Grimoire Vice is voiced by Leo O'Brien, and uh, he really knocks it out of the park. Like, all the voice acting in this game is really good, but uh, Grimoire Vice in particular is fantastic. He's my favorite <laughs> character. Also, the relative ages of the characters creates a different perspective on the character from the viewer's perspective. Sure. Like, uh... I won't go into too much detail, like, even saying this is a spoiler, I think is mischaracterizing it, but I can't say very much. But, like, later in the game, you do have to do some pretty, I'm not going to say cruel or heartless things, but uh, you make some difficult decisions from that make sense from your character's perspective, but might seem bad from the perspective of other characters, etc., etc. Sure. Like, with Old Man near, with Papa near, it's kind of, it feels like a man who sort of hardened his heart to do what he can to help yeah, his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very Joel-like to was, use yeah, the last of comparison. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, this uh, old man character shortcut to uh, this this closed empathy feature. It does, it does wear a lot easier on real-life understanding than, say, a teenage boy yeah, doing with, the uh, same thing. I I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't go that far. It like it makes sense both ways, but in different ways. Like uh, with yeah. uh, with Papa Nier, it's like it's like a man who understands that what he's doing might not be the right thing, but he's deliberately choosing to harden himself because he's worried about the well being of his daughter, right? Sure. But with like Brother Nier, it's more like he doesn't quite understand the true ramifications of what he's doing because he's useful and like kind of like not world weary enough to grasp it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it's still from like a drama standpoint, it still works both ways. That's that's really interesting. Really interesting just how that could work both ways. I guess it really it really it really proves that a character's age if written well enough is such a limited factor in processing a story because you know like when i i play last of us yeah i'm not sitting there constantly thinking joel is an old man you know I, joel is a father figure and this is important and touching because he is a father figure and i feel like a lot of people say that kind of stuff as well about other dadly dad games like god of war where you're mm -hmm. like I'm playing as a dad and an old man and these factors impact the decisions this character is making but I struggle to get into that mindset for whatever reason and maybe it's because I, I don't consider myself an old man uh, mm -hmm. but but then surely that would 30 yeah I know yeah but surely that would highlight the, the oldness of the character more I feel more that I put myself directly into the head of the character, regardless of these circumstances, and just try to understand, make sense of what what their backstory was, what their present situation is, and how they would make these decisions. And age is just such a non-factor in it. Like I feel like we understand that you know the events of The Last of Us could have happened, like the main events of that could have happened, you know, two weeks after the prologue of and 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 would have had just as much effect as, say, 
whatever the jump is, 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that this idea that we these characters own a bit more pathos or or some sort of narrative profundity for being also aged is just not actually true at all. And, and people who say it are kind of potentially liars. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least, or at least it's true to them, and and it, and I'm just an outlier that doesn't doesn't uh, mm-hmm. doesn't see it that way, and that we're supposed to be Im- immersed enough to think of these decisions from our perspective as much as the character, and not worry too much about the these more peripheral character traits. Mm-hmm. No, the uh, I know that they do make some dialogue changes between the two versions to accommodate for the character's age. I don't know how much there are, but as far as I'm aware, it's largely the same. Sure. And I'm I'm impressed by how much those characteristics, the physical characteristics of the character changing, still works both ways. Like, uh, Papa Nier almost seems like parental to the other party members who are, like, vastly younger than him. Like, uh, Kanye is the... I don't want to go so far as to call her the romantic lead in the Brother Near version of the game in Replicant. Sure. But there is like a somewhat like a, a sibling-like or maybe even like hints of romance there, even though it's never really explored or like said explicitly. But that very same relationship, when you make him the old man, when you make him Papa Near, it becomes like paternal and like encouraging things said to that character almost come on like sort of like a surrogate daughter instead. It works really well. And another character, like, has a crush on Nier. Like, a male, like a like a boy, like a teenage boy, mm. has, like, a precocious crush on Nier. And uh, Nier doesn't really seem to ever pick up on it. And for Papa Nier, that's like, oh, he knows, but he's choosing to let him down gently because it wouldn't be appropriate. So he, doesn't, he chooses not to acknowledge <laughs> yeah, sure. it because he's worldly, right? But with Brother Nier... It's like, oh, he doesn't, he, like, he's too dense to notice because he's like a... That or he's like, he, he doesn't swing that way. <laughs> he, no, he doesn't even, like, he doesn't, it doesn't even clock, like, yeah, that yeah. this person is crushing on him, that sort of thing. <laughs> the game toys with a lot of genre conventions, both narrative-wise and gameplay-wise. Like, it's an action RPG, like, uh, in the vein of Kingdom Hearts, for instance, right? But, uh... Sometimes you would enter a level and the camera angle would lock in a fixed perspective and hey, all of a sudden it's a 2D platformer now. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. now now it's a it's a top-down bullet hell game. Or like uh, bullet patterns are a big thing in this where uh, like bosses will just like let out like a spray of giant red magic orbs and you have like it was Ikaruga or something like that. Yeah, and you have yeah. to dodge them or <laughs> absorb them or hit them to make them go away. Uh, there's like a one very specific part in the game where it just becomes a shmup, like a kind of like a slow moving shmup for a while. There's a point where it becomes a novel, not a visual novel, a novel, like an ebook <laughs> with like some music. Like there's just written, there's like pages and pages of written material against a black screen. There's an entire segment of the game dedicated to that. That's excellent. In terms of uh, of, I, I never really quite grasped the 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 general format. My cat is scratching on a, on a chair behind me. That's going to definitely be on the audio file. I, I never really grasped the... the. Is this like an action RPG? Is there turn-based stuff? I always thought it was... I mean, I guess from what no, memories it's, it's have supplanted in my head... I, uh, yeah, the memories have supplanted in my head of Automata is that, you know, it feels very shooterish. Third-person bullet yeah, hell. It, 
it's an action RPG. Like, uh, it doesn't have an ATB. It doesn't have like a, a turn-based system, or it doesn't have you know Final Fantasy in the top, bottom left. It has like the actions for like potions and shit like that. Sure, sure. It 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 doesn't have that. It's just a an action RPG, very fast paced. I know that uh, they really souped up the uh, the combat for the the re- the remastered compared to the the re release. So that was something it quite needed, from what I understand. That was one criticism that the earlier one had, where it's like the combat system is kind of clunky. They fixed that now. So you have Grimoire Vice next to you the entire time, and he acts as like your quest log. In addition to being like a character, he's also your quest log because he's a book, right? He's like a sentient book. He's the he's, also... he's the map from Dora the Explorer. Yes, kind of <laughs> like that, except he floats like around you. And uh, all of your spells that you cast originate from him as well. And one of them is sort of like a, like a, I don't want to say like a machine gun, but it's like a, a rapid fire spell, like ba 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 ba. Uh-huh. So it can it can be it can it can become very schmup like even in the segments that aren't dedicated like schmuck sequences it can like superficially resemble that as well. Cool. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff. Uh, there's also like a harvest moon little bit as well, where like there's a crops growing system, and a lot of your a lot of side fetch quests re- require you to grow crops, and crops grow in real time so uh <laughs> oh you would plant God. a seed no it's not it's not like oh, yeah, you know one to one you know you'll be there for months back in march <laughs> but uh you can plant crops and then water them and then a day later they will uh bloom or they'll produce fruit and then a day after that they'll rot so there's like a window where you have to come back and harvest them and stuff like that uh-huh. and there's this whole mini game where you have to crossbreed a whole bunch of different flowers a certain way to produce hybrids and then you can crossbreed those hybrids with different hybrids that shoot off from different flower combinations so that you can produce a lunar tier which is this incredibly rare flower and you get an achievement for it you get a trophy the way that this is set up is that it will take you actual months to do this (laughs) because uh, not only do you need to produce all the hybrids but the percentage chance of producing the lunar tier even with all the correct hybrids is still pretty low i see but they, want, can, they want it but, to be a full-time job but you can cheat oh. you can do it melgar you can melgar solo three it where you will set your uh playstation or your console's yes, time zone yes. to american samoa you can plant all the flowers that you want and then water them you can then save the game change your time zone to the independent state of samoa which is about 13 hours ahead of time and then reload the save, and voila, your flowers have grown. This uh, Now, you need them to wilt, which in order to get their seeds, so you, you still have to wait a little bit. But this cuts the time in half completely. Hmm. That'll only take, it'll only take weeks. Yes, which it did, but I got it. Oh, very good. <laughs> uh, now, there's a lot of fetch quests in this game. Like, a lot. <laughs> a lot of side quests. And some of them have a ambiguous cutoff period. Where if you progress the story too far, like, they'll become unavailable. Uh, and you're like, shit. Worse. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, that happened to me at least twice. Now, mercifully, you don't need to get 100% of the side quests to get the trophy. The game that goes, hey, get 10, get 30, get 60. And most of the side quests don't actually do anything story-wise. Yeah. Other than uh, give you money and experience. Uh, but there are a few that do that factor into the endings. The endings are very interesting 
And I'm going to talk about not their content, but their structure. Yeah. Because it's quite unique. I don't know if he did this with Guard, but he did do this with Near Automata. Okay. And it's that there's multiple endings, mm-hmm. but but they aren't in parallel. They're in series. Yes, yes. That is the, the whole thing about Automata's endings. So uh, instead of... You know, like uh, to use Deus Ex, for instance, where there's an ending omatic at the end <laughs> yeah. where there's like four four buttons and you go, this is ending one, this is ending two, this is ending four, and they branch off. They're all mutually yeah. exclusive. Or you could choose not to press a button. Badass. <laughs> mm-hmm. In Nier, the endings all follow one another. Mm-hmm. And, well, no, that's not true. Some of them follow one another. Other ones are the same as others, but they overlap. Like, uh, so there's like a, there's a, the game is split into two. Well, technically three, I suppose, if you can well, we'll get into that. Uh, there's the first act, the second act, and then all this malarkey with the endings, right? Uh, once you beat the game for the first time, it sends you back to the beginning of act two. And you play from that point onwards. Uh, the game is exactly the same, except there's more cutscenes that provide additional context for what's going on elsewhere in the story than what you saw previously. To give you more perspective on what other characters are doing whilst you're doing whatever it is you're doing at that point in the game. And that includes the ending as well. It's like, uh, and then endings, that, and that's ending B or root B, the game calls them, uh-huh. the game calls them roots. And then uh, you do root C, which is the same thing, but with a little bit more. <laughs> and then I haven't, full disclosure, I've only gotten as far as just before the ending to Route C. I know it goes up to E, but uh, I'm pretty, I'm pr- impressed by what they're doing. It's kind of like, um, they do, you know Final Fantasy X? Yeah. You know how they have the Albed language system yes, in that yes. game? Where uh, you play through the game and you can't understand the, the language of the Albed people and they play a fairly permanent role in the story. Mm-hmm. But as you play through it, you pick up more and more bits of their language, which means that on New Game Plus, you can understand with perfect context what they're saying through the entirety of the game. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like that. And I think that that's kind of cool. Except for the part where you have to play through the second <laughs> act of the game five times in a row. I'm not as keen on that. I'm not, I, I admit, I've, or, I've already done it twice now, and the the novelty of the bit is beginning to run its course. I, I, I'll be yeah, honest. I, I think the, the thing, and maybe this happens a little further into Near Replicant and the original Near is that uh, Automata starts to shift where it sends you back to at, at some of the endings. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. just keep doing the same place with and forcing you to replay part of the game over and over again. It then shifts perspectives a little bit. That's at least the impression I've got from it and the conversations I've had about the endings in that game. But uh, that's, you know, I, I can't, can't immediately verify it for myself. But, you know, maybe C is, you know, you, you don't know yet that, that that might be the ending that fucking everything flips on its head after. I know that the last one sort of takes place after the ending. So it does eventually split off a wee bit. So there's new content there. Yeah. But uh, I think C is the, probably the worst one because there's no additional context at it until you get right to the end. So it's more of the same, except you don't know that. On so you've got to watch country. it all again. So you have to watch it all again going, is there anything new? Is there anything new? Is there anything new? Which is... Uh, oh, we got you. Yeah. You've been played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Art. It's only because... Uh, 
It's only because, uh, for, well, first of all, I've been spoiling the story already, the broad stroke, so I'm not too concerned with, like, looking up, having, like, the trophy list next to me going, what do I need? I don't want to miss this. You yeah, know, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, there is one strength to the New Game Plus approach to the looping through the, the second act, which is that uh, it means that you're getting stronger each time, so the bosses become, like, more and more irrelevant. Like, they become, like... <laughs> pushovers wow. which works quite well thematically because like you like at the first time you play the game fighting the bosses feels like sporting yeah like yeah. you know they might beat you but it's like it's fair but on subsequent playthroughs it becomes easy and easier to beat them like you can beat them in like less than two minutes in fact there's trophies for each like of the major bosses going beat them in two minutes beat them in three minutes which i don't like by the way because uh, if you're playing the game and you think that was oh, going to be could... additional dialogue. Yeah, yeah, or that that's supposed to be something that you have to do on your first run. Yeah, if you think you have to do that in your first run, or if there's like additional dialogue that you're going to be skipping through by killing them too quickly. Ah. Also, the timer counts down even during cutscenes mid-boss battle, wow. which I'm not happy about. That's no good, which means that you, you'll have to skip cutscenes in order to get the trophy, which again... I didn't have too much trouble with because I knew what were new and what wasn't. But uh, if it's your if you're playing through and you want to know what's new and what's not, you're not going to know that, so you don't get the trophy. You could always do a you could always do a save file, beat the boss, go back, watch the watch the story kind of approach. I, I, I mean, in for a penny, a, in a for every penny. Uh, but uh, I, I was saying, earlier, yes, the fact that you're getting stronger for every loop and beating the bosses becomes like frankly unfair. Uh-huh. It like. It makes you seem like it makes your character it recontextualizes the boss battles to make you seem particularly like ruthless, which is a which is a, a neat what's the phrase ludo narrative resonance. Oh wow, ludo narrative resonance, a nice <laughs> meshing of the story and the gameplay. You never hear that one. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned it at least once on on this podcast, at least once. It's a, I relish it whenever it comes up because yeah. it's satisfying to play and it's satisfying to say. <laughs> I don't really have too much else to how long, say. How, I mean, how, how long did it take you to get this far in the game? Uh, I'm about 60 hours in, but I'm 100%ing it. So yeah. I, if I if this and, crawls over 100 and next next episode you, uh, you're you still talking about you near. You say, oh, it's a, it's, it's a pretty short game by JRPD standards. If it's what you say, shut up. <laughs> this reminds me of Tyranny. One of the uh-huh. shortest 40-hour experiences that I've ever had. I'm fucking... I'm hovering around 33 hours or something in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I am not talking about that this week mm-hmm. because I haven't finished it. There's got to be like two, three hours max left in the game. And I, I'm like, that's like another another week, week and a half. Ray Chase voices near, by the way. So there that was we the go. bit of foreshadowing from earlier. Yeah, the, the kid version, version, I take it? Yes, that's right. I said, yeah, last I checked, his, his voice is kind of not, not gruff. Minor spoiler, but if you beat the game for the first time, a bonus mode that's basically just a series of combat challenges uh, becomes available, in which it lets you play as Papa Nier. Oh, that's, Nier. that's excellent. That uh, I was very happy to see yeah. that. I was like, hey, it's my guy. I don't, like, happy I don't like them dismissing Papa Nier. He sounds adorable, except for all the horrible things he does. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he does about the same amount of horrible things as Brother Nier. Yeah, yeah. And even then, are they really that horrible? Oh. The, the, <laughs> that's the... I mean, I, I, mean, I, I say that, but that, that is the, that's the that's, central yeah, that's theme the of the game. That's the crux of the game, of course. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's, it's about perspective i mean like yoko taro basically he literally said during like a conference 
uh, I was inspired by 9-11 and the war on terror. I was like, what kind of person would you need to be to do something like this and still think that you're a good person? And like, that's not to say, by the way, that the protagonist committed yeah, atrocity uh, on the scale. Yeah, th- there's, there's, there's no 9-11 in this game that you perpetuate. There's no like, to my knowledge, at least so far, there's no like white phosphorus thing. From a spec ops the line that happens so, at any point. There's no no Russian I, I sequence. The, I love the idea in my head now. You know, you're like leading in and go like, but did he do any wrong? Was it justifiable? Meanwhile, the actual context of what happens in the game is he's committing nine elevens. <laughs> but uh, no, he was he just had that in mind when he was writing the game, yeah. which is perspective and how you might think that from one perspective you're doing the right thing, but from other people's perspective it's not bad. It's it's not a good thing. Blah blah blah. Also, canonically, Nier's birthday, the 11th of September, the coolest birthday date. Oh, yeah. I think you will find. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy about that. Very relatable. <laughs> At least he doesn't have to deal with the fucking annual pity party or whatever the fuck. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I have nothing else to say. I'll probably beat it by the time of the next episode. I may have more to say then. I probably won't because it'll be pretty spoiler heavy at that point i'd wager yeah uh, a, a, other... a wink to camera and a confirmation if it gets if it gets weird after some point in uh, uh route c would be good enough i think mm-hmm. uh the only other thing i have to say and this is a real quick one is that uh, i was running around a a beautiful seaside town called seafront in in the game and uh they had like seals like really fat seals on the beach and you ask around and the characters say, oh, the seals are kind of like a, you know, like a bit of friendly wildlife that have become a bit of a mascot to the town. And you can go over to them and there, there's like several different animations of like these big fat seals lounging on a beach. And I went, oh, this is nice. And I was like, is this the only video game that has 3D models of seals? <laughs> or like walruses or whatever, the, like, like narwhals, yeah. whatever these are. I was like, is there any other game? Yeah. Other than like Endless Ocean or something? And even then, does like Endless Ocean have like narwhals or like seals? There's there's like walruses in Skyrim. And and there are seals in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Except they are sand seals. And you can use them to surf. They're like like sea lions or seals. I remember looking up the difference because I wanted to be specific on this show. But I've I've ruined it. In the interest of... You said narwhals, which is completely different. So I don't know what you're talking about I know, I know, I know. In the interest of preventing any kind of dead air, I have conditioned myself to just keep talking. And now I've said narwhals. Why did I do that? (laughs) Sea lions or seals? Did you? I don't know. Did you? The f- did you know? Uh, Shane, my brother, my brother Shane. He didn't. I always say this to people, but he didn't know that narwhals were a, a real animal. He thought that they were like unicorns or yeah, something. Yeah, he one hundred percent believed. <laughs> I like told him like you know like seals. You know, I was talking about animals that were in the uh, Arctic Circle, as I believe narwhals are. Um, mm-hmm. And I was talking. I don't remember if I said seals exactly as well as a as a as a comparison. But you know, I was talking about animals in the Arctic Circle, and you're like, and you know, like narwhals. And he was like, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, yes, all right, all right Lee, right. <laughs> all right, Lee, detonate this uh, this payload. How old was he when this happened? He was about sixteen. That's just about too old. Yeah, it's definitely it it's one hundred. He he. And I, I should add, at this point, was well into the fact of having checked it out. I wanted to be a zoologist. Uh, I, I, won't, I won't lie. There was a part of me that was expecting you to say, oh, he was 23 when this happened. He literally dedicated day in, day out to watching 
Animal Planet and reading animal books. And he 100% did not believe the narwhal was a possible animal. So long as he doesn't go to the North Pole or whatever, I guess that would never that would never come up. Right. It's like it's like Sherlock Holmes. He's brilliant. He knows all sorts of things. He can make incredible deductions, but he doesn't know the solar system because why would he? It's got nothing to do with solving crimes. That's it. That's my head spinning on the idea that Sherlock Holmes doesn't know the solar system. But yeah, I get your point. <laughs> that's canon. Is that actually canon? That is canon. Sherlock Holmes doesn't know the order of the planets. This is clearly before we had some fucking idea in writing about serial killers. Because uh, that's 100% a system one could use to write a serial killer. Yeah. Who's this? Oh, it's the... The solar murderer. (laughs) It's the star system killer. Yeah, yeah. Star system killer. George Lucas' worst version of that character's God, you know what? I mean, Star Killer base was pretty bad. No, Star Killer was the name of the fucking Force Unleashed That's character. That's what I'm talking about. Star yeah, Killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Star System Killer was probably his first draft. Somebody talked about yeah. it. It's funny you should say that. Star Killer was Luke Skywalker's first draft name before somebody oh, talked about it. Oh my god! No wonder they I kept know. it. He just I couldn't know. wait. Like now, I'll finally have my. I'll have my Star Killer. Just like his name was going to be Luke Scott, Luke Star Killer. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. That yeah. You know what they? That's what they say. It's it's just as well George Lucas had surrounded himself with a lot of hardworking, smarter people than he to make sure that original trilogy d- didn't turn out the way the prequel trilogy did. But anyway. Anyway, uh, there, there's a new mission in Act 2 of the game. That's the only difference so far I've seen between the old version and the new version. It does mean that you have to play that new mission in order to get to the ending, which is one more than there should be, but what can you do? Was it just out of context for the game, or was it something from Automata? No, it's from a series of short stories that were supplementary to the game. Ah. And one of one of them was adapted to be a mission in the remaster, did which it, is pretty cool. Did it I pull any uh, any content from the stage musical in? I don't know enough about the stage musical to make that call. Interesting. I know it exists, and I know there's a mobile game, and I know there's at least one other. All right. Other, now, maybe, 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 last, last important question. Would you watch the stage musical after you've... After you've finished playing this. It's in Japanese only, as far as I'm aware. It was never localized. Uh, never, so, never say never. Uh-huh. So I I probably won't. But I, I oh, also there's Final Fantasy XIV expansion pack content that crosses over with Nier that is apparently canon. <laughs> so I, I, I don't I don't know, man. This what? man is like, yeah... <laughs> Yoko Taro just seems dedicated to helping me slay some brain worms, whether I want to or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might watch the stage play with subtitles. I don't think... Is it a musical? I believe it's no, a musical. I, I believe it's a musical. Uh, well, that'll be entertaining if nothing else, although I, I suspect the some of the, the musical nuance would be lost. But you know what? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I will watch it. Maybe if it's like two hours long and you say... Ready to record tonight, Lawrence? And I go, oh shit. <laughs> I'll be like, I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> we'll find out next month. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's near replicant version 1.22474487139, etc. How does he do it? 
All right, my week. Two different sections. Oh, I was going to say two oh different... Oh, shit, g- that's right. You have like seven items here. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, I have... Okay. No, I have two two major sections, one of which has three games, one of which is one game, but the one game, I have three different things to say about it. None, okay. none of it... It was not written to be long, you know? It's 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 all it's all fine. It's all fine. I've, I have a sneaking suspicion that most of your content is not written to be long. <laughs> it just seems to find a way to be long. I just, you know, I like pulling threads, unfortunately. Ah, uh, alas. What if a picture is taken in my household and there's not a games cabinet behind me? How will they know I'm a gamer? The the uh, the virgin common game liker versus the Chad Tokyo Jungle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was my nostalgic burn through eras of the PlayStation uh, via PlayStation Plus. That's what this segment was. In case you've forgotten. Because you felt like you've been trapped here forever. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something else. Let's move on to the second segment. <laughs> oh, I thought that was it. Oh, dear God, no. You're, okay, you're never right. going to leave. <laughs> all right. All right. Second segment. I'm going to talk about Power Wash Simulator. Oh, yes. Just, uh, you've gone from uh, the, the old school baby games that made you feel like you were a younger man because they reminded you of younger times and now you've transitioned fully into the the dad yeah, yeah. game we talk a lot about busman holiday games oh uh, that, that's exa- this is exactly dad games are literally just yeah, that yeah, this is uh this is the bus but I, although weirdly despite all indication power wash simulator i would say isn't a busman ho- holiday at all it is a par fantasy. Oh, of like being able to clean something easily. Yeah, it is light versus dark, good versus and evil. And make money while doing so. Oh, yeah. The only the catharsis of putting patience to a task and then having that task immediately reward you because what was dirty is now clean. And that's all it, that's all it needs to do. It does have a little mechanical depth, obviously. It has little nozzles. It lets you uh-huh. choose whether you want to get really detailed in cleaning spots or get really bad at cleaning things so you have to go over them like five, six times. It lets you pick a nozzle that's worst cleaning because it, you might want to take longer to do it. That's incredible. That's okay. incredible because it knows some people just enjoy the slow peel of the dirt, not the instant catharsis of wiping with one swishy hand the entire thing some away. Some people want to. Some people want to savor the cleaning yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll put on a shit hose or a shit nozzle and. Shit nozzle and take the t- uh, and take mm-hmm. their time with the whole thing. For those who don't know, by the way, that's the uh, is that the is that the utensil of the the, ga- the game's villain, the shit nozzle, <laughs> and you have to chase you have to chase after him and clean after his messes. It's like a Mario Sunshine yeah, situation. Here you here 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 you were disparaging Mario Sunshine in the previous yeah, episode. Yeah, one episode prior, and yet and yet and yet here you oh, are i didn't say myro sunshine's mechanics had no value and i also didn't say they couldn't be done better turns out the the solution was to take out the, the platforming and just and just do the the cleaning yep. just the cleaning i'm pretty sure a, 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 a magazine games journalist at the time could have told you that he would have went what the fuck is this cleaning thing doing in mario <laughs> well you extrapolate along that he probably didn't go far enough to say i want just the cleaning thing get out of here mario 
But he was dead wrong. The cleaning thing, much better. Yes. Uh, the extent of my exposure to this game is simply watching Germa streams. Sure. On like Saturday, on like Sunday night after having a shower before I go to bed. Mm. And that feels like the exact kind of atmosphere that they're trying to cultivate. So I don't know. It's like, hey, just watching it almost feels as good as doing it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get to that. Yes. But uh, I mean, to those who didn't grasp what the hell this is immediately from the title, it is a game in which you play as a, a guy who, or a person who power washes stuff. You Each level is a mud cake nightmare zone in which every single crevice of something has been covered in dirt. And you have a really good power washing hose with an endless supply of water and uh, customizable nozzles with which you can get in there, get all up in the, in that dirt and, and clean it clean it good. You get paid for it at the end of the job. Jobs unlock as you complete jobs, which usually scale up into more challenging and more interesting designs to clean is there an escalation involved other than the, yeah, yeah. the size of the, of the building yeah no yeah there's definitely like there are ways in which the task of cleaning can be made slightly more challenging and it's just usually by giving it a weird shape uh or putting it at a height I like see. one one level uh you know it's a fire station and the fire station is just a building and you've got ladders and stuff and that's fine but the back end of it is the the sort of big tar of a fire of a fire station, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you have to both go inside and clean the staircase top to bottom of that thing, and then you also have to use uh, scaffolding to climb the four sides of this tier by tier and clean it all the way up on the sides as well, and uh, you know it takes a lot of time. It takes some uh, patience. Uh, another one is like a, a mini golf course, in mm-hmm. you know, and that meant you know there was little. Little tiny figures that you could push around with the the, the jet stream. Yeah, there was there's there's that there's like a football golf balls. You could play the golf courses with the with the hose. Uh, it'll tell you when you aim at a stone that you're looking at stone, and then you can use the stone cleaner to polish that stone fast. Uh, but don't waste it because you, you otherwise you're gonna make this go on all day. Oh, you'd hate you wouldn't want that to happen. Yeah. No, yes, exactly. It's like, ooh, just... just oh, no, now I have to get just, real into it. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I have to intimately, like, power spray the, the crenellations of the stone very specifically. And yeah. It's like, oh, terrible. It's not like this is the selling point of this game that I bought. <laughs> so it's a, it's a first-person shooter, and... Uh... <laughs> That's true. That's true. I like it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, there is a little bit of depth to it because you, you, you get money for doing jobs and jobs help you unlock different nozzles, different cleaners, different guns, different extensions to guns so that you can clean more effectively at range. Uh, you know, there's lots lots of different things. Uh, it's, it's surprisingly robust. They put a lot of thought into it, into how to make power washing stuff feel good. And it is good. It's a good game. Three things I wanted to talk about this game. All right. Lay it on us. One, Power Wash Simulator is the perfect girlfriend game. I'm using the word girlfriend here, jokingly. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I can envision the uh, the Kotaku article with that headline being slaughtered over Twitter for its uh, <laughs> sexist connotations. Already. Yes, yeah, yeah. Listener, you know I'm not a sexist. Do they? Listener, you should know when I say I'm not a sexist. I'm probably not. Hot off the heels of a divorce. <laughs> I 
divorcing me, I could I couldn't be I, I couldn't be the easiest person to divorce. I was very accommodating. <laughs> Lee Brady, ladies, Lee Brady <laughs> is very divorceable. You should know that. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy. Divorcing him will be one of the easiest things you've ever done. <laughs> It'll make you think twice about all the men in your life. How easy it is mm. to leave me. <laughs> I don't know. I feel. I feel. I feel like prompting or being part of these jokes. I don't know. I feel like I'm enabling some kind of sad, sad <laughs> internal process. We need. We need to move on. <laughs> it's called guilt, Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's like a, it's like like a, a little I, spider. The difference between like a non-appreciating joke being really funny and being really, really sad is the audience reaction. So next time you do that, I'm just going to be utterly like silent and just <laughs> let things get really uncomfortable for just a few seconds. <laughs> All right, great. I'm really not looking forward to it. The- I know it's it's going to be so good. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, right. the main reason I installed Parwash Simulator is because I've been keeping an eye out for games that uh, Chan, my girlfriend, my girlfriend Chan might enjoy playing. She does not come from a, a, a very video gamey background. Uh, you've, uh, yeah, she was mentioning at uh, your birthday lately that she's pretty enthusiastic about it. And I was thinking to myself, yes, that's right. He's got the hooks in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've tried. You know, she actually she has weird things in the back back pocket. She had like Jordan Mechner's original Prince of Persia. Oh, she really? That. Yeah, I, you know what? I see that. I can see that. She had the whole DOS thing. Her dad had the DOS computer, and naturally, uh, a couple a couple of other ones. So she had like she knows like modern games too. Uh, she's played like Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption, Call of Duty. But uh, as I as mm-hmm. I quickly found out. Quite terribly. Uh, she just not hasn't played a lot of times. She just mess around in each of them, uh, and so mm, I've been fair I've been trying to get her into games to try to ease her in to try and find a, to, to to find a sort of jumping on point. And we've done a couple of things. We've done The Sims Four, uh, which was she found too boring, and House Flipper, which is like Power Wash Simulator except it skips all the good parts. It's like no, no, I I need. I need it. I need the drudgery. I need the monotony. Please bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this convenience. You're, yeah, you're robbing me of gameplay. So yeah, no, those did, it did get her into uh, Mario Kart Eight. She's fucking hooked on that shit. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that's a that'll do it. When I saw Power Wash Simulator, however, I I knew I had a winner. I watched it get played on YouTube, and I was like, you know, I could enjoy this, but you know who's gonna really enjoy it? <laughs> Uh, there's no threat. There's no time pressure. The only mm. goal is to clean and clean well. It was fascinating because she had no ex- experience playing first-person shooters, really. Uh, so, like, this, which this game technically is, you know, she didn't have like a like a working, you know, the, the the muscle memory wasn't there. Two weeks on watching that muscle memory get built, finding the instincts of being able to turn the right analog stick right, you know, like it's crazy. How quick video games burrow into the mind, uh, and this, and that's, and that's this is why I like really recommend Parwash Simulator for partners who are not into games. That's my more PC title. Uh, Build that uh, that hand AI coordination. Yeah, it's like a, it's like how the typing of the dead taught a generation how to type properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Presumably something like that. Parwash Simulator has distilled all the mechanics of modern gaming, even menu hopping is, I would say, a core part of modern gaming. And training yourself to use 
analog sticks to use a mouse as a reticle on a menu. That is not entry level expectations for people who are not have not played a lot of video games. This 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 is the game with which to teach someone to do the things with which to enjoy something that is a little more gamey in the future. Yeah, training them on the UI elements and things like that. Yeah, it's also got a very instantly graspable uh, graspable and uh, immediately satisfying hook of you're just cleaning dirty things. Mm-hmm. So it is a easy sell to most people. Yeah, it's a well, most of people above a certain age, I'd wager. Uh, maybe I don't know. I think a kid. Te- I think kids I, would love fucking Power Wash Simulator. Would, would a teenager play Power Wash? I could see Simulator? it. It's, uh, you know, maybe. I mean, I can see myself playing it as a teenager, but I, I that that's. That, that's what they would call a statistical outlier case. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I would lump it in, if my teenage experiences, I would lump it in with something like Roller Coaster Tycoon mm, in that yeah. it, 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 it's kind of slow and not a lot happens. But when stuff does happen or by the end, you feel satisfied by the whole thing. Well, the, there's no there's no equivalent of getting bored and building a roller coaster that literally kills your customers en masse. Uh, in Power Wash Simulator that I know so, of. Yeah, so you think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this game takes some turn. Oh, I'm kidding. It absolutely does not. <laughs> it gets weirder shapes. You clean a big boot house. Even Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 has uh, a management air to it. The, the Power Wash Simulator, as I understand, is purely... It's, it's, the, it's Sunday. You have work in the morning. You're slightly drunk. <laughs> you've got droopy eyes and you've got a dumb smile on your face. You just go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It might. It actually might qualify with the sound off for an excellent hangover game as well. That is a good point. Mm, yeah, just something to keep your mind off ever encroaching the agony poss- possibility you might die. Mm-hmm. It's a good here. A uh, person whose spouse has died in the last week. Here's some nice. Here's a therapy game. <laughs> keep yourself busy. Yeah, it is like a therapy game. It is very therapeutic. <laughs> Second topic, and really just an aside. Uh, Mm. developers don't feel you have to maintain the illusion of narrative in your video games or even human life in power wash simulator you'll get texts during the job Uh for a game that's main loop is about doing something monotonous and relaxing i can't tell you how antithetical to the idea of doing anything relaxing getting a text message is so what there's no narrative actual narrative it's something like Characters. Oh, you've unlocked this, that, and the other, or you've made this amount of money, or no. I've got a new job yeah, for you. you or there something are characters like that. who, while you progress through a job, will be the text of the person who supposedly gave you this job, and they'll have a little bit about their lives going on. Usually, it's supposed to be kind of funny. You know, some there was one where the mother who got you the job lost her phone, and the kid was typing on it. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, yeah, I suppose that would have been that I was wondering that earlier on while you were describing it to me. Is there any kind of I mentioned escalation earlier yeah. and you said that you gradually get bigger and bigger houses and and that's fine, but when do you clean the when moon? You, is that what you're going to ask? <laughs> yeah, like is there is there context provided? Is it like a business? Yeah. Like, do you buy things? Is there when you, whenever you uh, clean the final building? Is that it? Is there? Yeah, you know, I'm not asking you. Like, you know, is you know, do 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 you beat Dark Mario with his anti flood with his paintbrush, like destroying everything? But like, is there like any kind of stakes 
No. I, I realize that runs rather contrary to the, the relaxing point of it, but like... No, I mean, a a campaign with, you know, a general narrative through line isn't wrong in this kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there technically is in the sense that you are... Not, yeah, this, this is more environmental storytelling, but the first job you do is cleaning your van for the business, mm-hmm. which has the oh, you're, you're building up logo on it. Also, just the whole context of the thing is a fucking nightmare. It's, it's everything's a big ball of dirt, you know. Like, except when you look outside the area you're cleaning, in which case everything is gorgeously rendered Unity assets or whatever the hell this thing was built in, Unreal Engine. Oh yeah, you're you're in like a, some kind of middle class suburban like white picket fence situation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so every everything is clean except the area that you're you're tasked to clean, which is dirtier than anything could ever be and uh that's (laughs) on top of that the 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 idea that they're like you're running a real business and there are people talking to you doesn't make any sense it's not it's not not good it doesn't actually add anything to the game it detracts a little and then on top of it to the text messages man like the last thing i literally when i first started getting them i (laughs) it pulled me right out of the game chan thought i was getting messages on the xbox uh like from people <laughs> it's nothing more distressing see, than than text messages no uh, see i i don't mind receiving text messages and you know what strange as it may uh, seem to say i don't even mind receiving phone calls provided it's not like some prolonged affair what i hate is having to make phone calls sure that's that that that's what gets it for me if i have to make a phone call uh, my entire day leading up to that is ruined. Uh, mm. but once I've made it, it's fine. But uh, you know, receiving texts, I don't mind because texts, text, texts are by their very nature an asynchronous form of communication. So there's no, there's no pressure to reply right away. You can. So I, I, I don't sweat texts. Regardless of whether I feel an urge to reply to them or not, I don't like getting them. <laughs> No, no news is good news. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty. That's situation. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Unless I am expecting you or haven't heard from you in a while, I tend not to. I, I just don't, you know, messages, you know, I'll see you when I see you kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, sounds like you've, you've enjoyed this game. So it sounds like pretty universally enjoyable. Uh, the only thing it's missing besides pedestrians to uh, pierce the skin with your... <laughs> pressurized stream of water that you didn't think was as sharp as it was is i guess like i don't know if they had the budget what would they add besides more buildings like a randomizer perhaps more more jets yeah i think uh they could could build more yeah yeah experimenting with different ways of cleaning different uh different uh you know like what what about scrubbing you know well by bleach you need to throw some like uh some like soap or something or some powder or something before you need to spray yeah, it. I so think that there's 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 some uh, there's some interesting engine work that they could do to because the stuff is good like what's done here like the, the dirt comes off in layers it knows when the pressure is not enough it knows when maybe uh, a the physics simulation it's, on, it's not gonna it's clinging to too well so yeah maybe a physics simulation of the water or the that or would the be dirt. interesting uh, the sorry, dirt physics I could see a mod for it coming where somebody mods in moving mud. It, yeah, which if you, feels if you, like a realistic power washer because it usually does that. You know, you clean 
it it doesn't just disappear into the ether with water. It pushes to the side. Yeah, when you when you spray something in Power Wash Simulator and you start at the bottom and then move your way up, does the dirt from the top bits like go down into the areas that no. you've already cleaned? Ah, uh, see, it just there you go. Magically cleans. Well, we, we, well, you could add that, and you could add a a, neighbor, a friendly neighborhood dog that you can spray into the mouth of, and he goes <laughs> every once in a while. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about this game is: um, you ever heard of the term stress laxing? Uh, no, but I think I can very easily guess what it is. All right, go for it. Uh, I feel, I feel like. Uh, it's that emotion I feel uh, basically all the time. Anxiety. Or is it, 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 it? Oh yeah. Well, that's true. Maybe I'm just thinking of anxiety. Uh, maybe it, it, stress relaxing. Is that just like playing something stressful in a controlled environment in order to relax? It's the exact opposite, I believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? It was one of two yeah, things. Yeah, really had, had... One of those two words was the was the prime word, and it was lax, not stress. You're low key stress. You're 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 playing something or engaged in something, but you're not relaxing. That it should be relaxing to you, and you know oh, has yes. to you relaxing qualities, identifiable relaxing qualities. But you're not relaxing even a little. You're low key stressed, thinking about oh, yes, how much time yes. you're wasting doing this. So it's funny that you should say that because I don't get. I've st- I've spoken to you previously about the list of sure. films that I need to watch or TV shows that I need to watch or books that I need to read or games that I need to play. So long as I'm uh, enjoying one of those things, I can say I'm taking it off the list. I'm being, in some, some small sense, I'm being productive. Yeah, yeah. Because I am experiencing culture. I am becoming cultured. Uh, I Video games in particular simulate the sensation of being productive even though you're not actually being productive because you're still making progress in something so i i i that, that's my mental loophole yeah. of avoiding the stress laxing it's uh, a good one to have pitfall yeah uh and and one i've tried to establish for myself because i built a bunch of lists and the thing with that is that usually i just then start scattering myself across those lists 10 items at a time <laughs> and uh and then trying to run them all simultaneously, building up like, you know, I remember we talked about uh, Pokemon a couple of episodes ago, uh, and one was one approach to burst your way through Pokemon is to go head first, just take the guy that you got at the start and make him the, the strongest Pokemon, mm-hmm. uh, and then the other is to unnecessarily level evenly up all the Pokemon in your party and bring them up as a gang which is slower and less rewarding and not as fun uh, because the game is broken and doesn't really is not really you know, balanced in a way that really makes sense to do it this way instead of just getting a bunch of revives and <laughs> does a uh, does power washing simulator help you with the stress laxing or is it this new uh, item that you're attempting to segue into does that help with your stress laxing my approach to the things on my list is like that pokemon thing and the Power Wash Simulator being a game that openly shows off how relaxing it is weirdly stressed me out the whole time. Because the whole time I kept looking at it going like, this really wants me to relax. I should be relaxing. And of course I should be relaxing. Uh, because, you know, I've set aside time to play this thing. Even though I've got this on my list. But no, it's fine. 
because I, you know, I thought this would be a good idea, you know, and I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's good that I get to play this, uh, you know, really enjoyable, fun, relaxing game. That uh, and I'm glad I've chosen to do this with my free time over Final Fantasy VII remake. No, I'm having a great time, and this shit uh, see, eats see me alive. Mo- <laughs> yeah, see, the moment it starts becoming a situation where it's like, oh, I've beaten the stress laxing versus actual productivity, but when it becomes to oh, should I be relaxing in this particular way or should I be relaxing in this other way? And then you start thinking about, you start criticizing how relaxed you should be or how much you should be relaxing in a particular way. Oh, boy. Well, I avoid this problem by uh, not... Never uh, relaxing. Well, <laughs> but, well, yeah, partially by never relaxing, but partially because, like, uh, well, I can play the other game when I'm finished with this game, yeah. Lee. Therefore, I never have to worry about neglecting some other game. But what because, if, uh, what if yes? you want to play this game? Then I will finish the game that I'm, I've told you, Lee. I will finish the <laughs> game that I'm currently playing, and then I will play the other game. What if you have a limited time Xbox Game Pass subscription to play this game? I don't. I very <laughs> I deliberately do not. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fine. I, I, I know, I get it. It's not that. It's not that I'm like, yeah, glad this happens for me. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've seen people speed run this game, and I think there's something to that where if you there's a there's a point where if you commit yourself hard enough to knowing something, the muscle memory takes over and you can relax. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm playing this game like I'm cleaning things fast. Uh, I'm being like, I get this done. I'll get this done as soon as possible so I can relax. You know, like that's not good. That's. <laughs> Sometimes you just buy games. Don't rent them. The moment, see, I I don't do monthly subscriptions because I can't be dealing with the stress. Yeah. With, no, do I really to be need fair, this? I, I just buy that, something. You you own it forever. I said that is exaggeration. I don't actually care if I beat Power Wash Simulator. You know, like I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessary. I've mean, pretty much got what I wanted out of the couple of experiences I've had with it so far. And if I get to the end of it and it turns out to be shockingly rewarding in a way that I have yet to experience, I'd be very surprised. But yeah, you know, that's that's been my experience. And I, I don't know, I guess I wanted to share, share it's, it's, you know, I don't know. It's obviously people aren't going to have that. I think most people are going to do like a Chan plays it. She completely switches off. Um, mm-hmm. And weirdly, when I watch her play it, I also, you also switch off. Yeah, I, it's yeah. And I think which makes me think it's something to do with the muscle memory of playing video games that triggers in me the realization I could be using this time to play video games that I actually have on a list rather than play this for hours and hours. And I mean, I lost an evening of my life. Like I completely decided I was just going to pop into this game and play it for an hour. And I blinked and it was two o'clock in the morning. I started at like nine. Like, you Did you enjoy their time? Lee? Yes, of course I did. I didn't. I then was, it was not time wasted. I know that. I know that. But also the whole time I can reflect on it and go like, that was a good experience and I felt good doing it. And then there's also the fact that during that experience, I was tight as a fucking spring, gunning it to the metal, trying to get this thing cleaned as soon as possible. And that is, that's not good. <laughs> so, you know, maybe if you you have to be in a certain mood is, is about all I can all I can take away from that. Maybe. Do you, do you get this weird thing where you're stress laxing and then you retroactively recall the time in which you were stress laxing 
and like you feel retroactively relaxed where it's like oh i was super relaxed then where it's like you don't you, you you don't remember the stress in the moment you just remember the relaxing are you so you're talking about just remembering or are you talking about you're in, engaged in something that is actually stress laxing you so uh say you're playing a uh, power wash simulator right sure and uh, you're coiled like a spring, as you mentioned. Uh-huh. And then the day after, you think to yourself, man, I got so much relaxing done. That was relaxing. <laughs> I think I used to be like that. And that I used to play game. you know, like I used to switch my brain off and play games like, well, I was going to say Overwatch. That I know for a fact that never relaxed me. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I play games like, I don't know, Sonic Generations or something like that. You know, and I'd play... It's a pretty fast-paced game, and I, you know, I'd, I'd have a good time. Racing games are a great example of this because they're fast-paced and involving. And I'll remember, I'll look back the next day and go like, "Oh yeah, I spent all night playing fucking Drive Club or uh, yeah, yeah, Burnout or something like that." And mm-hmm. um, and I'll think, "Oh yeah, I had a great time." Yeah, but yeah, completely ignoring the fact that that whole time I was curled into a ball, knuckles. <laughs> white <laughs> clutching trying to overpass somebody every five minutes trying to like eke out victory in, in a in a life or death scenario for some sort of fucking trophy or something like that and then i'd be like yeah it was a great time is that what you're getting up yeah so I'm like so long as you retroactively remember it being relaxing and then you feel relaxed by proxy i suppose yeah it was like do you feel relaxed after you've stress relaxed and you don't during because you're stress relaxed, but yeah, after you've stress yeah, relaxed, guess, do you feel relaxed? Yeah, I guess weirdly, if I look back, like the the moment I stop doing it, I relax mm-hmm. because the stress. Of, I've been so relaxed. The stress of fearing myself wasting time is more stressful than actually doing nothing. That's such a messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the saddest thing in the world, right there. You, like you can, if you're engaged that's, in that, something. That, that you that's enjoy. the ADHD talking. That's yeah, what that is. If you're engaged in something you enjoy, that you should enjoy, you can't enjoy it because you should be enjoying other things. But if you're doing nothing, you're enjoying yourself because at least you're not engaged in something that you should enjoy and not enjoying it. Dear God. Is that, uh, is that Power Wash Simulator? That's my week. All right. Man. We. I... Sure, I'm glad I'm not editing this shit. <laughs> this is why I give myself three weeks to do it. Dun 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 news. Nice. Feel pumped now. Feel jazzed. Let's do it. I know. I know. I feel energized. <laughs> Despite what my, the tone of my voice might suggest. Spoken like Garfield. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'll start. Uh, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment has had a long-anticipated fan patch that is now released. Oh. I tweeted out about this, and uh, my tweet was just a spit take reaction with the subtitle brainworms reactivated <laughs> because uh, now I, I i no longer have an excuse to not play eternal punishment i did beat innocent sin but uh i i sort of lounged i slept on eternal punishment so what was the because, what was, uh, yeah what was the deal with eternal punishment 
I thought it did so come Eternal, out in English. It did come out in English, but it was on an old platform. Yeah, the PS1. The PS1, and it was kind of clunky. And then Innocent Sin never got localized until it did, years later, a much shinier, uh, nicer uh, version of it. They got localized to the PSP. And I the PSP version, Innocent Sin is the first one, so I played that. And then I went... Oh, am I gonna have to go back and play like the clunkier, like less streamlined version that's technically the sequel from the PS1? Uh, I'm not keen on this. But now there's a, a fan patch that fixes all that stuff. It's, uh, it performs really well. People are looking at it going, Oh man, look at the way this performs. Look at the, the, the sound quality, mm. the texture quality. They've really re-upped everything. And I, I was thinking I could feel like the, the worm beginning to squirm. <laughs> so there's nowhere left to burrow. And I was like, hmm, you know, it has been a while since I beat Innocent Sin. I sort of got lost in that game, but not in a good way. I mean, I, I, I got about two-thirds of the way through and completely lost, like, the thread of what was happening. <laughs> and I was like, I think it was roughly around the same time they started talking about, like, ancient Mayan aliens and, like, Hitler showed up. I was like, all right, I'm 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 entertained, but I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, but this is nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I have since watched a recap in which it's explained slightly more coherently. And even then, even then, it was still kind of incoherent. And I was like, okay, right, I'm on board. I can go into Eternal Punishment with uh, the, all the context I need. And now that I have, I have the technical means. I have a decent fan patch going in. So that's good. I can do that now whenever I want to. Whenever the, the, the field takes me. Because Persona 2 is quite good. It's not like Persona 1, which is rubbish. Persona 2 is good. Yeah, it's also going to be on a, a future Tim Rogers review, so i got to get caught up on that shit. Oh, yes. Well, that, that that's the uh, motivation yeah, yeah. supplied right there. That's why I'm still toiling my way through Earthbound. I say toiling like it's a bad thing. I actually love Earthbound. It's great. Earthbound's, Earthbound's real fun. That's a good game. Speaking of older games getting newer things... Mm-hmm. Uh, Evo happened this year. The Sony oh. PlayStation presents Evo. Oh yes, that's right. It did indeed. Uh, a couple of a couple of good stories from it. But uh, one that most relates to the thing I just said is uh, netcode rollback. Yes, the great rejoicing. Yeah. Just about everyone. Everyone is like giving each other high fives and whooping and like <laughs> getting down on their knees and weeping. It's like, yeah. oh, it's like a wish list just came true. Like, they announced a new Tekken game. They well, announced sort a of. new gar- sort Sort of. They announced <laughs> that, Get Ready. That, what, uh, what, I was going to say Kazuma Kira. Is his name Kazuma? Is, it is yeah, Kazuma. Yeah. 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 Looking, looking. Kazuya, I think. Kazuya, that's it. That is it. Looking at the screen. That's That was it. That was literally it. Replacing. Get ready. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready. And then, yeah, replacing the, uh, the classic animation where he smiles at the end of Tekken 2 1 I want to say I don't know you're probably right <laughs> uh, the, the, there's a new Garou game or Fatal Fury announced not a new King of Fighters a new Garou yeah yeah they haven't had one of those since I think 1999 yes that was Garou Mark of the Wolves the only one I think at least that, that I know of that made it to the west uh Watching that with intense interest. Could that mean, because they're delineating between the two, that Garrow will keep the, the sprite art? Is that wishful thinking? Is that cope on my part? 
Probably. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> I, I would, well, I don't know. I guess I could do the anime-fied version of whatever the hell Arc System Works does if they touch it. Speaking of Arc System Works, yes, rollback. A shit ton <laughs> yeah. of rollback. Uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, rollback. Samurai Showdown, rollback. Dragon Ball Fighters, big one, rollback. Grand Blue Fantasy, not get rollback. Everybody <laughs> point and laugh at Grand Blue Fantasy. It doesn't get rollback. And they announced that a, an online tournament as well, for the, which is going to be dog shit because they don't have rollback. So uh, uh, salt in the wind yeah. for those boys. Guilty Gear Strive, I think, was one on there as well. Uh, it already had rollback, I think. I'm not sure about that. Uh, not sure, yeah. Tekken, uh, probably not getting rollback not because like Harada... It's done. No, uh, Harada refuses. Maybe, he, maybe he for He keeps eight. insisting. Harada keeps going, it already has rollback. It already does. It doesn't. Or if it does, it's implemented really poorly. So he's not off the hook. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch the actual event. Oh, sorry. One more bit of news. Uh, Black Dahlia in Skullgirls. New Skullgirls character. Black that's Dahlia. Right, that's, that's right. That's cool. Uh, one bit more bit of news from that as well. This is just something that was covered by True Trophies uh, that caught, made me aware of it, but I found it was really interesting. Uh, is that a character from Guilty Gear called Bridget came out as trans. And I, yes, I, watched, right. I watched the video of it. And man, it was super tasteful. <laughs> it was very cute. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was just a cool thing that weirdly not any games are doing particularly well. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's funny to see the, the reaction to this because Bridget is a character that's existed for like 20 years now yeah. at least uh-huh. and that that's always sort of been a thing and seeing the internet's reaction to it 20 years ago where it was all sort of oh no watch out she's actually a dude don't do yeah, it bro yeah. and then 20 years later it's like ah, oh, everyone's on board it's great everyone who whose opinion matters <laughs> is on board that's great everyone it's all super <laughs> wholesome hi how validating wonderful yeah, so, you know... Warms the cockles of the heart. Yeah, we very rarely say nice news. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. this one, I thought that was nice. Oh, yes, and uh, some Street Fighter content was revealed. Uh, finally, after two games with her included, it has only just now occurred to Capcom that Jury Han has foot fetish potential. <laughs> I don't know why it took them this long, but uh, they they've, boy, they're leaning into it. Yeah, they went nuts on that trailer. Yeah, it's like making up for lost time, boys. <laughs> We're so sorry. Yeah, it's like someone in the boardroom was like, what? Really? Okay. This character? Pointing at the character that's like 20% foot by body mass? They're into this person? Really? <laughs> okay. I guess so. But they were already. I guess we'll lean into it. I thought the appeal of this character was that they were the most ambivalent boner they'd ever have. She's mm-hmm. so evil. She's evil and Korean. <laughs> <laughs> Two things that have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I can't even remember what you called the other character that got revealed. Kimberly was the name of the oh, other character. Oh, she was cool. Yeah. The ninja, yeah, she ninja girl. Cool. She's the girl Naruto. Uh, girl Naruto with spray cans. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Also, Naruto does have spray cans now that I think about it. So Just Naruto. Ooh, yeah. Girl Naruto. <laughs> the Smash Brothers and multiverse and platform fighters in general just seem to exist in their own... They're content to exist in their own little continuum. Speaking of existing in its own little continuum, huh? uh, VRChat implemented easy anti-cheat 
and has subsequently imploded. <laughs> because uh, anti- Easy Anti-Cheat effectively bans mods. Yeah. And uh, VR chat, as I understand it, is, is just... <laughs> It is mods. It is you modding it is in. Not a, every character, every map. It's mods, man. <laughs> it's it, it's it's Gary's mod, basically, but in VR. Yeah. It's like uh, that entire platform is just, hey, look at this skin I have of, I don't know, Freddy Fazbear. And uh, if I hit this button, he jump scares you. Well, see, isn't that fun? That it, That's VR chat. It's hanging out. In cool modded maps with cool modded characters just chatting around. And uh, VR chat is just, I don't know, went, lost its collective mind. Yeah. Uh, the, the people running so it just went. tired of people pirating enjoy- VR chat. What? Oh, I'm, I'm so tired of people enjoying our products. <laughs> Time to torpedo it. This is the Tumblr porn thing all over again. It is, it really is. At least there was like a business reason for that that you can understand, which is, oh, got to sanitize everything for the investors. But, but VR chat, it's like, I, I, I don't see, yeah. I don't see why they did this. Nobody was under any oppression. This was anything but a congregation point for furries. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, <laughs> weebs and uh, YouTube pranksters. And that's about it, really. And everyone was okay with it. Yeah. Everyone was having a it grand time. Absolutely allowed to exist. And then uh, I, I don't know why they did that. They, yeah, they, they've they've ruined it. Speaking of devastating failure to understand the technology's uh, potential, uh, we finally got the reports back from which generation were we on? Was was that the eighth generation of consoles? Yes, I think so. Uh, eighth generation of consoles, the two the two that matter, the two main consoles. Uh, we finally got back from Microsoft. An admission from court documents about roughly how well the Xbox One did next to the PS4. Yeah, it turns out it wasn't great. It was didn't do great. The PS4 outsold the Xbox One two to one. Yep. I mean, uh, that had always been the impression. Yeah, I don't think anybody's surprised at the news. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm surprised it's it's as close to double exactly as you can get. Yeah, you know, I would have thought it would have been a nice, you know, two thirds kind of scenario. Every, you know, one in three people got an Xbox, and it's not every one person got an Xbox. Two people picked up a PlayStation. <laughs> see, uh, I'm I'm really curious to see how uh, the PS5 stacks up against whatever the name of the latest xbox is i've genuinely forgotten it is the xbox series x series x i'm genuinely curious to see how those two stack up against one another because uh the ps5 is like some kind of elusive mythical creature that i've heard spoken of but never seen and uh, an xbox series x i just i don't know if this is me or if it's something wrong with that console but i just have never had cause to interact with it <laughs> or anything adjacent to it. I think it's because they're like they're no longer doing discrete generations now. Yeah, they're just they, doing sort of like iterative like PC models. Entered the other consoles race. Xbox Series X is just a mobile phonification of the Xbox One. Yeah, it came out and then I never heard anything about it ever again, other than the fact it has a terrible name and the Xbox uh, Live service that they do the game which pass. is pretty good 
Game Pass. Yeah. That's it. That's Game the Pass only thing I've good. heard about coming out of the which Xbox Series also, X. Which you can also get on Xbox One and PC. Oh, well, well there you go. <laughs> so even less reason to specifically get that console. Uh, it, what it does have, and it's a fair selling point that they did try to get people interested in this. It has uh, Xbox Series X enhanced games. Mm-hmm. In that, if you own a game like that was on the 360. Xbox have been releasing a sort of veil over they've been able basically to enhance your game to 60 FPS and smooth frame rates and no loading times. It's been slowly dishing out a list of digitally obtainable or even physically obtainable, I guess, because all the Xbox consoles play all the discs weirdly. It's ridiculous. Uh, they, you can, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could, uh, you could do, could do, could do, could do, could do. Completely lost. I know, I, know, I was, I was thinking. About. You could play like a game on, you know, like that that ran technically poorly on the Xbox 360 or a little shoddily, like in my case, the thing that jumps immediately to mind is Sonic games, Sonic mm-hmm. 06, Sonic Unleashed, just, long just loading general. screens and uh, terrible like, choppy performance. It doesn't change the fact that they're like, you know the bad parts of those games are bad in design but uh you know now you don't have to wait on the terrible bits to yeah, show yeah. Up. in terms of engine performance though we can kick that up a notch and also you know any game that has 4k capability quietly hiding in its code somewhere has got a little boost for that too so uh, you know that shit the playstation's not doing that uh playstation's not very backwards compatible at all, really. No, I, I, I have a little going theory about. I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast of, uh, uh, how it's always the people that are quote unquote losing the console race that will be pro consumer, the most yeah, pro consumer no, for sure. Like uh, PS4 and sorry, PS3 and Xbox 360. Xbox 360 charged you for internet, and it was winning. PS3 did not was not winning that generation, but it was a kind of a clunky console. But they did make an effort to make the well, I say made an effort. All they had to do was keep doing what they were doing already. But the internet and multiplayer was free on that pro consumer grip. Uh, next generation, uh, Xbox got too big for their britches. They rested on their laurels. They took their audience for granted. They did all that all that always online DLC shit that they were scared about. They tried to make it into this weird, like, home entertainment generalist system that people didn't like. No backwards compatibility whatsoever, or at least not at first. Like, uh, they were very contemptible about people with their complaints. Meanwhile, uh, the PS4, uh, Sony just looked over, I'm pretty sure... Oh yeah, there was, like, the the DLC thing. Sorry, no, the DRM thing where you couldn't share your games on the Xbox as well. Meanwhile, Sony just looked over at the reaction Microsoft were getting for that shit and just uh, went, uh, well, we're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> We've heard you that's across it. the hall. Yeah, that's it. We're, we're not going to do that. That's our selling point. And then people were like, yay! Yeah, and then yeah. They've done it. Well, Sony have won. And then there you go. That's Betty two to the one sales the ratio. Roof. So, And now here we are with uh, the PS5 where, well, I mean... A, in addition to being unavailable, there's not quite the same commitment to backwards compatibility. Like, Microsoft's been really overcompensating in that regard, as far as I'm aware. They've really went in on making old games playable on the new systems, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can pop in a Xbox original disc 
into a Xbox Series X and I believe it will run. Uh, you can also download anything from digitally that's available in the store or has been from the original Xbox right up till today. And it'll run on the most modern console and most of it will run on Xbox One. In fact, most Series X games will run on Xbox One. So it's not even like a... It's not even like a stopper in terms of as long as you're it's it's just basically a PC PC with yeah. a little like it changed you to a certain marketplace, but it's still probably more accessible than most PCs for most people. So man, uh, maybe it's just we're getting older, but I feel like the culture war regarding the consoles is just like simmered down to like this a nothing. Like there, there's no yeah. feature anymore. There's, there's no more, no more people going. This is better. This is better. Everyone's just like, yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've got people. Mine, people you know? are out there doing it, but they also they sound more ridiculous than ever. The people are out there being like, and this is why Sony are the best and Microsoft suck. And you're like, I get, I guess the discourse isn't as all consuming as it yeah, once like, was. It just, yeah, exactly. It just feels like they're, they're they're doing the same thing. And one of them might, in moments, be doing it slightly worse than the other, but does that, you know, does that necessitate, necessitate like a side to be drawn? You know, like you know, the, 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 when all you're doing now is rooting for the business decisions of a bunch of people. Yeah, something for the company is a bit. Uh, it's not on vogue anymore. When you when kids, you know, only got to pick one console uh, and half the games that they played on that console weren't going to be in the other one and they wanted to share experiences with other kids you know like yeah fighting over getting everybody on board with the same console next time around was probably an important fight but this time around like half the games are cross-platform and cross-play most of them run on everything you know it's (laughs) just not the same just really not not the the same. same they're all just kind of pcs of some level uh calling one of your friends in the schoolyard a a slur of some kind because his mother made the wrong decision that christmas it just those were the days just gone you're not one of those xbox pansies are you Uh (laughs) i remember that the lads would say and i'd say nay i have a i'm a (laughs) yeah i'm I'm, i bought a i bought a wee i'm one of the cool kids yeah, I'd be promptly beaten alive. <laughs> anyway, speak, speaking of uh, woeful uh, comparisons of selling numbers between two different yeah, categories. Oh, yeah, yeah, just before we get into that, I, I briefly realized oh, yeah, that statistically, uh, preemptive follow-up, statistically made the wrong analogy for selling things, uh, you know, two-thirds of the, of the sales or something. I said that would be one in three, uh, every one in three consoles. Uh, you would get that it would be more like every <laughs> for every every third console yeah every yeah every, maybe, yeah, the, maybe the, leave this particular bit of follow-up for futurely the worry about it maybe maybe uh, yeah every time somebody buys just just i was wrong you know somebody buys three consoles somebody else bought two xboxes that's how it would i thought it would work uh i you know that's it don't leave this to follow up because uh I'm not going to be any better at maths on editing run. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of disproportionate sales figures, yes, see, it's a course. much more elegant way of phrasing that now that I had time <laughs> to think about it. Uh-huh. Did, did you hear what Square Enix's uh, supposed rationale was for 
selling off all of their well besides you know uh investing yes. in a crypto and nft market Indeed, which promptly I, crashed. I, I covered this quite jubilantly over on true trophies oh man this is this is just sad I, uh, like they were square enix listener feared that western games would outperform their native japanese titles so they just sold off the companies in order to save face yeah it's uh it's a it's a it's it's an excuse that was given at a at uh like a, a square investor meeting i believe them you believe them i do believe them because this is such like an embarrassing like copium thing to do that I can't imagine why you would want to make it up. Well, that's the... This what, is like, yeah, there's there is actually a really good, well sort of understood reason as to why they did make this up. And it's even been backed up by some insider, previously insider voices. So the general thread here is that, and this a lot of this comes from sort of expounding on speculation from the original Idis Montreal founder, his name Stefan... You know, when you're in print media, you don't actually have to say these names. Uh, uh-huh. So, <laughs> I haven't got it in front of me, so you're on your own with that one, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. Dastow. Uh, uh, this guy, he worked, you know, once Square Enix bought over the company that was originally known as something else, and then, yeah, no, it was, it, no, it was known as Idis Montreal, and then they turned it into Square Enix Montreal or something mm-hmm. like that. But they're the guys behind Deus Ex Human Revolution. He, this was their founder, and he helped. I don't know if he actually helped on this. Yeah, Deus Ex was their first game, so he definitely helped on that, but left once Square Enix bought them out, uh, or shortly after, because he hated working with Square Enix. Uh, but anyway, he, he essentially commented, he broke rumors open just before Square Enix came out with this, he had said he came out with their poor fucking uh excuse i should say but after the embracer and uh selling of crystal dynamics etc uh for a measly 300 million dollars he said uh quote i heard rumors that sony said they're really interested in square enix tokyo but not the rest so i think Bracket Square Enix CEO Yosuke Matsuda-san put it like a garage sale. So Mm. the theory is, the idea here is that Sony were very interested in acquiring Square Enix, uh, but they didn't want to take the Western studios with them. So Square Enix started hacking off its limbs to fit into Sony's thing because they need fucking got as soon as possible because their management are insane people <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and uh, they uh they need paid and to get off this crazy video game train before they destroy something people care about like final fantasy 7 or <laughs> chuck in some nfts uh so that's that's the prevailing theory is that it's obviously all yeah. speculation and uh yeah but people that- immediately like looked it came out a couple of weeks later, though, or maybe even just a week later. This Square Enix excuse for having gotten rid of them because of the fear of being of the Western studios cannibalizing the sales of the Eastern studios. Mm-hmm. A lot of people immediately who had been following the company and their business tactics for a long time immediately said, "That's just not true. <laughs> that can't be true. They can't uh, have even I- thought that." I guess I'm just conflating it with uh, rumors that I had heard that uh, 
being performed by Western Studios was a source of some humiliation for uh, some of the studios in the East. That's certainly true. That is a thing that also Dusta talked about. Was there was like what was there was like rumors of a Final Fantasy game being made by a Western dev, and that was apparently like a step too far and there was like people like getting really really like upset like yeah i i'm very i'm listen i'm trying to not bring some really antiquated and vaguely racist notion of honor into the conversation (laughs) like but it was it was basically it was it was basically like a it would be so dishonorable for like a western studio to be given the a Final Fantasy license to do something like that. That that that's only what I had heard. You know, this is real grapevine territory here. Uh, yeah, Square Enix reportedly treated mo- most of their Western studios with a harder hand. This is why we heard things like Tomb Raider doing uh, being a massive whatever it was seven million selling success wasn't good enough. Uh, it's the same vein where. They believed they had to, on some level, corporate, they just believed results were needed to be consistent and, and continual. So a idea of managing them with the sense that if they don't make all the money in the world, they uh, have failed on some level and thus should strive harder. And also to save face uh, in front of the Japanese developers who spent years at a time making Final Fantasy games that have sold about as good as a Tomb Raider game is is just a couple of things alluded to from this and many other interviews. But uh, generally speaking, the the whole embracer thing, the, the the prevailing theory is hacked off limbs for Sony shaped holes. Watch the space. I suppose we'll find out. It's the sort of thing that attracts the wrong kind of attention. Speaking of attracting the wrong kind of attention, Roblox have had to remove their iconic woof. Sound effect because it was a uh, it was sampled from the video game Messiah, which is uh, a Warhammer 40k knockoff game that uh from back in the day because it was composed by Tommy Tallarico, the CEO of Intellivision and video game composer and kind of an asshole if what I've been told is any indication. Uh, he found out about it and he realized it and so he launched a lawsuit against them or he launched a copyright strike against them. So the iconic Oy. Roblox oof, it's all gone. The the meme noise. You're you're familiar with the meme, I hope. At vaguely, least. vaguely. Uh, yeah, just the, just the. It's become one of the the stock sound effects used in YouTube poops and memes all over the world. Just the Roblox oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that plays whenever you die, man. That, that like if you don't know what this is, then it's like I'm working with nothing here. Like you know it or you don't. <laughs> no, I do know it. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I just re-listened to it, and it's pretty. It's it's really funny. And it is. I'll play, it, it, I, will, it, it, I will play it into. Oh. The, the Don't want to get sued by Tommy Tallarico. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. it's it's for a it's Creative Commons license, just uh, educational purposes. I see. You know, I'm not actually making any money off this as well. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yet. Now, this is a funny story because I actually knew about Messiah. And I knew that the side effect came from Messiah because, like, it's in, like, the title sequence. Sure. And you hear it right away. And it's a very distinctive oof. So it I went, really hey. Is. I was Ooh. like, oh, hey. Oh, hey. they. I knew where they got that from. But uh, I never thought that it would come back to bite them. This is, like, one of those things where, like, 
what that obscure fucking nothing game messiah uh that ross scott did a review on like years ago that's the only reason why i know what it is i'm looking at it and i have no idea what i'm looking at what messiah yeah oh it's i mean it's like a weird baby game yeah yes it's a weird one it looks like it really wants to be considered art <laughs> yes you play as like a a baby running around this like warhammer 40k like cyberpunk city <laughs> or am i am i thinking of something else i might no, be thinking I, of a different video game but no there is like warhammer 40k uh elements to it uh it's kind of edgy in a sort of oh it's in this sinful society and you're you're sent there to clean it up that sort of thing uh, this news story doesn't have any legs other than the fact that Tommy Tallarico is a weird person who is the CEO of a company called Intellivision that made this strange console that nobody bought. I can feel in your head, and it's probably true, that we'll be talking about this follow-up when you realize it's not Messiah that's the game that that sound came from. It is from Messiah. I know it is from Messiah. I can confirm that much. I'm conflating Messiah with another game that Ross Scott did a video of that's Warhammer 40k inspired, but the sign effect did come from messiah i'm confident i'm confident i'm putting money down <laughs> all right all right man uh did you hear ea accidentally enabled incest on the sims 4 for like I did. a week i did and then and then they realized uh very quickly that uh oh yeah we probably should fix that and then they probably patched it right the fuck back up within a week's time which is a pretty quick turnover as far as uh, game patches go. But I guess it was a very simple fix. It was just a matter of swapping one binary value of don't allow this from zero to one. It's probably the added pressure of, oh no, we are technically selling to children mm-hmm. a game in which... You can fuck your dad. We were saving that for the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to pay for that, motherfuckers. Uh, yes, well, I think... Uh, th- this is funny, and it's also because this seems entirely like a programmatic problem. 100%. As opposed to what? As opposed to... Wanted to sneak in the incest mod in fucking Sims 4? <laughs> well, I mean, there is like precedent. Agent. <laughs> there is precedent. There was that one Watch Dogs uh, 3D modeler who modeled like a like real vagina on like a female NPC way back when, Jesus back in the day. Christ, that's right. So uh, there's precedent for it. But uh, yes, this is just a uh, oops. We forgot. <laughs> oops. Uh, a programmer may have commented out a bit of code between patches, and now it's a very embarrassing mistake. Isn't this funny? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, this is annoying. I've got two news stories left, one of which segues really well into this one, but it's also kind of a funny one that I wanted to end the episode on. Okay. You win this episode, Lee. You win <laughs> this one. I'm taking one for the team here because I want to order these stories well to format the episode. So, uh, Albert Wesker is in Dead by Daylight. That's right. And I only wanted to bring this up because it annoys me. Why would you pick Wesker? What a strange pick. Why not pick Nemesis? He's right there. Or Mr. X. Didn't they uh, Didn't they say they were doing this in waves, though? They wouldn't have, like, three Resident Evil killers guest appearing in Dead by Daylight. There's no way they would do that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, Silent Hill got one, and, like, Stranger Things got one, and 
uh, Hellraiser got one, and yeah, Freddy Krueger was in there, and Jason like, was there's, in. There's, there's Nemesis right there. What are you talking about, man? What? Am I full of shit? Did Nemesis can make it in? Yeah. So they put Nemesis in. Oh, they did put Nemesis in, but the, why did they put Wesker in? Did they that's, put Mister X in? Well? They, they phased it in. They had they had a they had a, they, had a, they they rolled out char- more characters. Oh, this is great news because it means I could just segue immediately into the new story that I actually wanted to do to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, and we can just edit that out and pretend i didn't do yes, anything wrong that's 100 exactly what will happen to this uh-huh. very select piece of audio it won't be amplified and put in a prominent position at the start and or end of the video of the of the mm-hmm. episode not at all Speaking of amusing patches, uh, the mod site Nexus Moz uh, removed an anti-pride mod for Spider-Man, Miles Morales. And uh, there was just a mod that took out pride flags and they removed it and made a bit of a small controversy because uh, their response to people criticizing them was to tell them to delete their accounts and fuck off. (laughs) Uh, And I wanted to bring this up just because it made me laugh. It made me go, ha ha! That's all I had to say. That's the new story. Heartwarming. <laughs> wow. Am I full of shit? Mm.